Eternal Dirtles is a podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and supporters like you. Come to our Patreon at patreon.com slash eternaldirtles and support us. Thanks. Y'all know me, Phil B, Eternal Dirtles Legacy. Hated by these net decks, banless, and those Hasbros, Wasi. Nate G, real OG. Arklet and Mavericky. Cradled out the Heron's host, so give no f about Lily V. Zach C, Berserker Dude. Pulls the rug on your attitude. Days then waste trick, flip this Delva. Swing for three with some altitude. Got bruise? We do. Metagame breakdown info too. Listen up, cause here's the show where we stack our decks like spicy news. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Nathan Gulley and Phil Blackman. How's it going, guys? All right. You ready to dig in? Yeah. We ready. ready for some spoilers. The, the giant Modern Horizons spoiler review episode, and the dogs downstairs are, are barking for this episode. All right. Let's get <laughs> started then. I'm going to put in some times here, so we're about 25 seconds. Ren and six... Red and a green for a legendary planeswalker Ren, W R E N N. Loyalty three. Plus one. Return up to one target land card from your graveyard to your hand. Minus one. Ren and six deals one damage to any target. Minus seven. You get an emblem with instant and sorcery cards in your graveyard. Have retrace. So I put this first because I actually think this is the best card in the set. I wholeheartedly agree with you. In fact, I have already bought four, so that's that's a a big one for me if I've actually bought magic cards. The card is very good, but hard disagree on it being the best card in the set. The best card in the set is going to be Force of Negation, and it's not going to be particularly close or particularly splashy because it's just an additional Force of Will, but uh, this might be the splashiest card in the set. Is it the best card from the perspective of doing new things? It doesn't really do anything new. What it is is like it's a two mana planeswalker that isn't garbage, right? And oh, it, yeah, no, it, it is. It is a very pushed card. Like it's definitely going to show up in a bunch of different homes that are interested in his plus one ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, yeah, no, this card is going to be great. Like Zach, this is going to be a great card for you to have in Rug Delver as a way to waste slot people. Of course, against decks that are like obviously uh weak to that sort of thing but also this is just like your your way of like liliana last hoping through a baleful strix yep i think it's interesting because it is it is the planeswalker it's very much the planeswalker trope right plus one card advantage this is plus one draw card minus one protection right with damage mm-hmm. and then and then an emblem that i guess you would say should win the game um we'll talk about the emblem in a second i want to talk about the first these these um abilities though separately so i think obviously returning a land every turn you know for plus on a planeswalker is really strong um this is the only you know i mean life alone is a two mana spell but uh you know you got to pay two mana every turn yes you get three lands there's a lot going on there but you like, have to give up usually a draw crucible too. of worlds you know crucible of worlds is you know where we want to go here right mm-hmm. um this guy's showing that you hit your land drop every turn it is insane for a two mana walker Right, it, it ensures you hit your land job in return, which 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 can matter. You can return return lands to sacrifice. Plus, 
in Legacy, I mean, Wasteland's the big one, but anything that draws a card, any, you know, the cycling lands, which I guess are in the set now, so now they're in Modern as well. Uh, you have Cabal Pit, Barbarian Ring, um, various uh, other utility lands like Bojukabog, Maze of Ith, uh, that you might want to use over and over. So um, if they get Yo, wasted, Yo, and Coliseum, let's go. Yes, yeah, that's what I mean. That's not. That's exactly right. Right. I mean, you could you could want that for a lot of reasons, and this is going to get you a Cephalid Coliseum every turn. Uh, if you're playing Cephalid Coliseum, you're probably dumping a bunch of instants and sorceries in your graveyard. So I think I think it's easy to say plus one is very strong and is legacy playable and useful, right? Of course, of course. I want to jump the gun and say uh, there's another card in this set that works really well with this effect for two mana as well. Tectonic Reclamation. Right. Just draw a card every turn at that point. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about tectonic relation later as well. But um, yeah, so there's lots of there's yeah, that's a good point actually, and we can actually yeah talk about those together. Um, so the question is for is one damage as a minus enough to push this in in? Yes. I think yeah. it is. I, yeah, I the baleful strand on doing one is fine. Yeah, the Baleful Strix uh, situation, obviously good. Um, the, you know, just being able to pop pop your opponent's creature when this comes into play to know that, like, it's, you know, th- their guy is gone is is good enough. Um, and, and, you know, occasionally you're going you're gonna to hit something that, uh, that your opponent needs to win the game with, you know? The fact that you can tag Planeswalkers with this. Yeah. Or you can incidentally hit players with this in the, like, if, if reach matters means that his his minus one is is well above the pay grade for two mana. Yeah, for two mana, I think that's really good. Um, you know, I forgot I forgot about Planeswalkers with any target. That's a really good point. Well, there, there's um, also the, the Static Walkers now with, like, Narset and Teferi. Yep, like, yeah, if you minus Narset and then ping it, and then ha- put them to the test of, like, okay, either cash it in or leave the effect on the table. Or if on a Teferi, if they have to bounce something, uh, you know, whether... If you're playing this in your lands deck or you're playing this in your rug deck, either way, if they're playing a Teferi and it sticks and they're going to use it to, like, tempo you and bounce your thing, then this thing can come down and just ping it and kill it. Yeah, this like, hits Teferi. Teferi does not hit this. Just checking yeah. on that. Just checking oh, yeah. on that. Um, like, yeah. right now, one damage matters because being able to double uh, downtick Narset and then it just hanging out on one, yeah. if you're in a deck that cares about Narset being on the table... Having this thing to like ping it down and like leave a threat back on the table is really, really, really good. Yeah, I think the one damage of two mana is great. Hits Thalia, hits uh, Baleful Strix, hits any X one. Also, obviously. like the, you're, the the Rug Delver decks, haven't they forever had issues with shit like elves? Oh yeah, it just hits an elf every turn. Of course, like the the, the fact that this comes out and kill three elves, right? Yeah. The, yeah, like they, <laughs> they now they have to spend their time attacking to take down Ren, otherwise their board's just going to get mangled. And it's like, okay, maybe they have Nettle Sentinel, but, like, unless they're trying to combo kill you, Ren's going to make it so, like, you know, you just get to Ancestral them with this card if they are running out their dudes. Well, here's yeah. the thing Here's the thing with that, is they still have uh, Wirewood Symbiote, so there's still a lot... They can still play around this card a little bit, but it's, like, one less resource for them. You can also um, just hit the Symbiote. Yeah, hit the Symbiote. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is <laughs> That's also the first true. thing you hit with this thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, not, you're not wrong. Um, um, so I think the plus and minus on a two mana card is good. Let's go to the, the ultimate minus seven. You, everything in your graveyard has retraced means you can now retrace doesn't exile the card, which means that you're going to get to just cast something over and over with land cards from your hand. That's anything that's in your graveyard. Mm-hmm. 
here's the issue. I now the issue. I don't think I actually this this as underrated as an effect. I think that if you ever minus seven this, uh, you've won <laughs> because you have returned four land cards and your board is probably insane. So I actually think it's weird because I actually think this emblem is better than people are making it out to be because I think that retrace is a really good mechanic. Um, and like as we've seen from cards like Dreadhorde Arcanist, that being able to just like incidentally cast stuff out of your graveyard is pretty good. Same thing with Snapcaster, I guess. Uh, Jace Prince Prodigy, all that stuff is good, and it you know turns your top deck lands into gas. The, the, the thing is, I don't think it'll ever come up in the same way, you know. I think there's all like there's a certain point where I can't imagine that if you've ultimated this dude, that you aren't just like recasting bolt a bunch every turn. Yeah. Yeah. To like kill exactly. them. There is like some instances where I guess if you've been like playing grindy and you need to like continue to like fend off something, there is the matter that you can retrace your force of will and pitch a card. That's true. So like that's right. There, there's incidents oh, where actually, like, you can that. still you can still cast your um, your counter spells out of the yard with retrace at instant speed when you have an emblem. But I can't imagine a scenario where you've ultimated and haven't just auto killed them from that spot. Oh, in uh, addition to paying its other costs is the retrace. Yeah, so you pitch a land and then you'd pitch a blue card for force out of the yard. And so you could still do it for free, a free force. It just turns it into a foil, essentially. It's really uh, interesting. I actually did not know that would work. I, that, I, I can't <laughs> think of a world where there's like there's any sort of play pattern or board where you're going to be like, yeah, I need to ultimate this so I can have infinite counter spells. But I guess like at I a mean, certain point, if you have a way, if you're playing with like <laughs> loam and counter spells, then I guess you can like hard lock them to never be able to cast a spell again. I mean, yeah. you're not. Here's here's the thing. It, I'm not saying that Rug Delver is where this card is going to shine, but let's pretend you're playing it in Rug Delver. When you ultimate this, by the time you ultimate this, you're probably going to play two of these. And I'm thinking you slot this in where you would normally play Forkbolt, um, because it has that same sort of effect where it like, okay, get get a guy or whatever, like deal with what's on the board. Um, you know, attrition your opponent with with this card, and then. Uh, you know, do whatever, but you can slot this into the same to the same spot where you'd see like a pierce and a bolt, um, and or pierce and bolt, a, a, fork, bolt. a fork bolt, um, yeah. and and um, when you ultimate this, you're probably following that ultimate up with another ren, um, and in that in that scenario, you're just like, oh, and I'll return this land to my hand, and then I will uh, cast this spell, like cast even spell. if you're casting <laughs> brainstorm, like every turn, that's enough to generally win you the game in in most situations. The reason why uh, Rug in particular doesn't, like, win the long game is because it kind of pitters out and, like, loses, like, you know, it tries to get under as fast as it can, and then, like, other decks just outvalue it. And this gives uh, Rug in particular a chance to um, value against other decks. Like, you know, we didn't have a Liliana the Last Hope, and this is our closest thing to that. I think, well, also not Pyroblastable, which is nice. Very um, uh, I was going to say... I don't, I don't know. I think Rug, well, we can talk about homes for this now, because that's where I want to go next. Sure. Um, Rug is a good one. I don't know about Rug Delver, necessarily. Like, we might, it might be a, a more be beefy a rug, rug deck. Range, yeah. yeah, like a mid-range. This gives a Rug mid-range deck a thing to do that is, is an alternative to playing just Grixis or some other color combination, yeah. which is really the thing that's been missing. Punishing Fire is great, but in a way, this is good with Punishing Fire, because... Uh, the minus one makes punishing fires in the bolts if you need to kill something bigger than X2. Not to mention if your opponent kills uh, your Grove of the Burn Willows, you can get it back. You can get your back, yep. Um, so that's good. Um, obviously, you'll have a lot of value instants and stuff. So 
it's I it's just, fine. I think one of the hugest things for this, uh, if if you're playing in a like the Rug Delver style deck, is you know uh, it's so hard for your opponent to deal with Nimble Mongoose, right? Yeah. Unless they have a Baleful Strix, and this this nabs Baleful Strix and just lets you keep steamrolling your opponent. Baleful mm-hmm. Strix is so good against Rug because it stops your early threat, right? And it draws them a card. And this is sort of the exact, you know, the exact thing you're looking for to, like, stop their momentum from, like, over overbounding you. And it's still on the board. Then you're drawing cards. Maybe you're wasting them out as time goes on. I, I, just, I love it. I think it's great. Well, yeah, Wasteland's also very good against rug decks like that, and uh, this this will mitigate that a bit. Yeah. Um. There's so the Mox Diamond deck. So of course you play this, you pitch a Mox, you have a Mox Diamond. You can play this on turn one in a Mox Diamond deck. Immediately get the land that you discard the Mox Diamond back. The big Mox Diamond decks are lands, four color loam, and some of the builds of Dark Depths. Mm-hmm. Um. We'll start with Dark Depths. I don't think this is worth splashing red for necessarily, though it is like an alternate path to doing something in that deck. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if they really need this kind of effect. Um, in lands, I don't know that they have the room for this. Um, because... I don't know if know, they want it, like, honestly. Like, they want these effects. These effects are cool for them, but they have just other stuff that's more attrition-y. Yeah. I don't think and, this is something that lands would want in the main board, but I could see it being as, like, their secondary flex. Uh, like, instead of trying to just merit lead you, it can go into, like, the... Uh, whatchamacallit, the uh, perilous tracker, tracker sort of yeah. uh, secondary slot. I mean, tracker does make the clues to be able to play around surgical, Yeah. but Ren can also, like, depending on what you package with it in the board, can just become a, a thing where you're just way less inclined to care about surgical. Also, yeah. like, here's the, here's the problem, is this ultimate doesn't do a lot for lands? If I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Well, no, I'm saying that, like, if you, it depends <laughs> on what you pair it with, right? Because if you're yeah. playing on the land side where you're just like, okay, I'm just going to maze of Ith your stuff and I'm going to protect this Ren into an ultimate, the deck can just play a super grinded, uh, like a slower grindy game to like just hold down the board and play a protect the queen strategy and then potentially just pair Ren with, you know, what? Like, that would be interesting to continuously fire off on retrace. Yeah, I mean, the, the, they already have punishing fire. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, bit, puni- almost a little bit easier to deal with than pun- But the thing is, this is a little bit less... I, you could retrace the punishing card; doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, it's, so. it's what I'm saying like it's 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 like it's it's kind of like six and one half dozen the other with the punishing yeah. fire. It, it, it's it's yeah. it's uh, unnecessary. Yeah. Um. So for Carlom, I talked in the chat a little bit with the the people who really work on that deck, and I just basically said like I think this card is good in that kind of deck, but I don't know like if you're really into the fact that for Carlom, for example, has to play Loam. <laughs> well, or has to play all the other cards is that the like, other thing about those decks is that like if you're playing against a loam deck you know surgical is going to come in against you and if they surgical your loams uh ren gives you uh like a loam redundancy yeah but the thing is like the the, the loam decks only play two loams and i don't and it's like it's sometimes it's the but your best card sometimes you don't really need it i'm thinking this, lands for like when i when i think of yeah. loam decks i think of lands when i think right. of four color loam I think of I think of four color loam is a, a chalice deck. It's a chalice deck. It's also like a really attritiony deck, and we're drawing an extra card or having repeatable ping is is good. And I just said like I think you got to just like cut a few cards here and there and see if you like it. Now I don't think that that means I don't think this card is necessarily better, 
then low in that kind of deck. What I think is that there's a possibility that you're going to use a lot of the same cards, but build around Renin 6 rather than Life from the Loam. And that could lead to other changes in your deck. But I, I, I would envision a lot of the same cards, if that makes sense. Um, but I think this, um, but I think that like, th- that's got a lot of the pieces that you want along with this while not being as dependent on loam, but like it's usually a few loans, few Sylvan libraries, you know, um, and all this, this competes in all those spaces. So I don't know that it's like better, but I think it's different and possible. If that Does makes Ren sense. do anything. So for classic Jund, which has never been able to keep up because, uh, four color Leo and Grixis control have just been better versions of Jund. Does Renin 6 do enough work with the tools around it, like a la Wasteland, to put you off of him mana? Well, I think, the, yeah, I think the problem is, like, in that case, you know, why aren't you just playing four-color loam, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's where that's where Jund is right now. Though I think we'll talk about Jund a little later, mm-hmm. potentially. But um, We should move on from Renin 6, because yeah, we're we like, I, what are we on, 20 minutes on Renin 6? Either way, Renin 6 is very good. <laughs> It'll see a bunch of play. I think the curious thing... For me, I'm, I'm not going to be surprised when it's sitting across the table for me. I'm going to be more curious to see if it actually pops up any new archetypes. Yeah, yeah, that's, what I, that's what I think, too. All right. Let me tell you something, brother. You're here listening to this Eternal Dirtles podcast, but what you need to do is go over to Eternal Dirtles Patreon www.patreon.com slash Eternal Dirtles and show your support, brother. Yeah. All right, Echo of Eons. Let's do sixteen twenty-five for that. This is uh, this is something. Echo of Eons. Four blue blue for sorcery. <laughs> Stop. You've heard this one before. Each player shuffles their hand and graveyard into their library, then draws seven cards. Flashback two and a blue. So, so it's functionally it's it's time twister, and then it for six mana, or you can flash it back for a literal time twister. For a literal time twister. So there's a lot, there's a lot of chat. And this is this is interesting. Now the number one thing we should just get right out of the way is that that means if this is in your hand and a lion's eye diamond is in play, you can discard the lion's eye diamond to add three blue, and you can immediately cast this. Mm-hmm. Um, or sorry, sacrifice the lion's eye diamond, not discard it. Um, and I think that's where you know people started th- saying, hey, that's really powerful. Lion's Eye Diamond is, is a busted card. Lotus is never safe as an effect. But Time Twister has been safe as an effect, has been a lot of the, you know, is what people have been said about this. Like, there's been lots of Time Twisters and nothing's ever gone anywhere. However. But not Time Twister the card. Right. You know, and that's not what we like, have here. Not my deck with four Lotuses and four Time Twisters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm... I, I I would say I'm, I think also there's a, there's a bit to be said about like this is just a three mana draw seven which does not exist mm-hmm. right is there is there one I look there's there's only days undoing which end which obviously ends your turn so you can't combo out and right. of course now, wheel of to, uh, wheel of uh, fortune and time there's, twister there's diminishing returns which is a four mana four version mana. but you do exile the top ten cards you exile the top ten cards like, there's real there's real um, cost there another thing to note is that it's not like every time twister variant hasn't seen play. Because Time Spiral sees play yep. in High Tide, right? Like, time it's Spiral not like, specifically sees play because of the untap clause, not yeah, right. It's, like, well, no, it, it's a draw seven that untaps that makes 12 mana. Like, right, that's so it, the, the fact that it's free is why it sees play. Right. There are things like Time Reversal has never seen the light of day ever. 
that shit's bulk, and that's just a five minute t- uh, time twister. Yep. Yeah. Um, Days Undoing is only starting to see like Fringy play with Narset. And that's uh, another point. So it's not like that that card that that effect can't be broken because all it took was the printing of Narset into Fairy, and all of a sudden Days Undoing starts popping up. Yeah. I mean, it's a good effect. Um, and you oh, got time twister you, is a great effect. Yeah, yeah. Draw sevens are great. The other um, here's here's where I think what I think holds this card back is that for essentially black black and two cards, which is the same thing, you know, you can just entomb and reanimate Grizzlebrand and draw seven cards, and then you don't have to shuffle. Everyone doesn't the other guy doesn't get seven cards and all that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I think if if, you, if you're time twistering, you're definitely doing it because you're killing them immediately afterwards. Right. There's As no opposed way, to just there's like there's no way this type of effect is especially on like a flashback card like this where you need to get into your yard to actually like get the discount. Like if you're playing with those kinds of enablers, whether it's LED or whatever, like this is part of a a, a, a storm engine. Yeah, it right. best resolve. Right. Well, I mean that's the thing. You'll do other stuff before. That's the other thing that people say. It's not like you just like you know play play Lion's Eye Diamond and then discard six cards, one of which is this, and just put it on the stack and, and hope for the best. I mean you can like land duress you know and then you know uh led this right like that there's no reason you can't do that <laughs> so uh I, I don't know it's not like it's, it exists in a vacuum i think it's interesting that this card was printed and windfall is still banned that's where i was that's where i was thinking too like windfall is still banned yeah well in legacy wind windfall is way better than that well windfall like, also in, reads in, in, that it's the top number of cards in in any one player's hand. Right. So, like but windfall you, but, is busted because you have windfall. You just get to go. Okay, land, uh, lotus petal, mox, mox, uh, cast windfall, and then you you get uh, you discard your full seven, and then I'm just up five cards from dumping my hand and casting it, and then we're back at card. Except I'm up on like you know however much mana. Like windfall Except is if you're flashing this back, if, it's, if you're flashing this back, you know, and whether you're using LED or not, I think you're you have no cards in your hand. <laughs> you know, like you're you're gonna go up a lot of cards. You know, that's that's what that's what that's what I'm saying. Like I don't I think if, this if you are doing if you get what I'm saying, if you're doing something along the lines of, of of dumping of dumping mana rocks onto the table plus enabling this into your yard. Uh, yeah, obviously, like the the. The point where this is going to be busted is when you can break the symmetry, right? Where you're drawing, yeah. like you're you're both drawing seven cards, but you're you're functionally drawing more cards because you've dumped your hand. That's yeah. how to like abuse any time twister, right? So like, or any wheel of fortune. Yeah, uh, my point being that I said, well, windfall's banned, and you guys were like, well, windfall's great. But this, this is not that. I don't see this being a huge difference from windfall. Oh, I if think you go this card, second, windfall's not that great. I think windfall this card doesn't will require be, any enabling. Will be banned within five months. The, the difference is Windfall requires nothing to enable it. It's just dump your hand, cast it, where this one requires it be in the yard for you to get the discount. So, Yeah, but getting stuff in the yard in Legacy is, like, the easiest thing. <laughs> you know? Getting mean, stuff in the yard, like, if you're playing LED, like, that, that there, there is a cost to yourself. playing an LED deck. You can duress you're, yourself. You're, like, wait, you know, you yeah, can but if you're you duressing yourself, yourself. You're, you're, not, you're not actually getting any value, <laughs> right? Like, Target opponent. <laughs> yeah, you can't dress yourself. Sorry, you can thought Caesar or or um, but, cabal therapy yourself. The point is like well, either way, some, like that, that's well, not accruing <laughs> you any advantage though. Like if you start at a point where you're like, oh, I can play this card, and then also I can discard this out of my hand using a discard spell. It's like, well, at that point you're just like in need of of regrowing your draw seven 
and you're not actually abusing you're not abusing it in any way you know you're just playing a powerful draw spell right exactly well i mean that's like what i'm saying i don't think the i don't think the, that the fact you have to cast this from the graveyard is much of a limitation on it as you know i think windfall the reason i'm comparing it to windfall is because windfall has times where it doesn't draw seven like a, almost a lot a lot of times you know um like for example if you go second and your opponent, you know, unless they go, if they go land anything, they have five cards in their hand. And suddenly you're like windfalling and going up one card or something, right? I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think, I, I, I'm just surprised that this saw print. You know, now there's no LED in Modern. And it's Modern Horizons, not Legacy Horizons. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the other part of it, though, is like, this as a powerful card is, like, this is one of your engine cards. Right, like this is not your kill card. So unless you're specifically doing it with a, a trick like Narset or Leo, it's not an actual kill condition. So it's if you're using it with LED, you're using it as an engine. Yeah. To like up your storm count after you've dumped a bunch of rocks or dumped a bunch of rituals. So in that regard, it's like obviously it's busted in like you know. If you're getting a three mana draw seven, if you dumped rocks, if it's doing busted things, it's doing busted things. But like, I don't think the card is actually as scary as like it may seem, because even if you draw seven, it's not deterministic that you're going to kill them from like the the level one that we're thinking at. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Except you do get your LED back. So if you draw another well, one you'll, of these, you'll, you'll, you would shuffle <laughs> it back in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you won't shuffle this back in because you will exile it when you flash back. But anyway, I'm just my point there is to say like I, I agree with you. I don't know that this is like scary. I do think this is the best one of these effects to have been printed in quite a while. It's currently well, it's, the best it, one available to players playing Legacy. It's the first one that's an actual three mana time twister with no like huge drawback like Days Undoing. Well, with the caveat of I'm sorry, the caveat there is Grizzlebrand. I think Grizzlebrand is just you know, the best draw seven you can get. It's a three mana draw seven too. Let's be honest. Uh, Grizzlebrand's often a three mana draw 14. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't, that doesn't draw your opponent anything, you know? So I, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's weird that we would, you know, I think it, I think if this, if that didn't exist, it's, or if Grizzlebrand didn't exist, it's almost like this might be better, but now I'm not so sure. I think it's a cool card. I think it'll be built around. The, 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 I'm, the, I'm up for anything that makes LED fun. I mean, one thing that's interesting about this is that if you do do the LED line where you crack LED and put it in the yard, they can't. They don't actually have a window to respond with a surgical until after they no longer can. So, like, if you dump all your stuff, play LED, crack LED, and dump your hand, yeah, uh, they can't to respond the to mana abilities. Yeah. So you still have priority to then just cast the time spiral out of your yard. Yeah. Or, or the uh, echo, echo neons, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's move on because uh, I think this. So, geez, <laughs> we're at 27 to, minutes. <laughs> to summarize, Echo of Eons. I think the card is good. It will. It, it's the same thing. I'm more interested. Like if it shows up as a one of in Storm or you know any LED deck, I'm less interested in that than I am thinking. Does this create any new combo deck? Right, and I think it will. So we've got a cycle here of of cards that we're going to call Horizon Lands because they're modeled after Horizon Canopy, and this is modern Horizon. I think, I think they've been colloquially been known as the Canopy Lands now. Canopy Lands, whatever. Either way. There are five of them, and they, they all have the ability tap, pay one life to add two colors, one of two colors, and they also have one tap and sacrifice to draw cards. They could draw from play. 
They are Fiery Islet for blue and red, Nurturing Peatland for black and green, Silent Clearing for white and black, Sunbaked Canyon for red and white, and Waterlogged Grove for green and blue. So um, we're not going to really review these as ex- except to say that like I really like, you know, you might just be like, well, what, what kind of decks would you put these in? Um, I think Silent Clearing, which is a white-black one, is actually enough on its own to bring Dead Gael back as a viable archetype. I think Dead Gael is not a viable archetype at the moment because it's Dead Gael. Right. Well, here's here's my here's my case. One is that Dead Gael actually is is pretty mana hungry uh, because you want to be on curve. You want to hit your one. You want to hit your discard spell on one. You want to hit your two mana creature on two, and you want to play your bomb on three. Uh, whether that bomb is, you know, it's relatively speaking, we're talking a Liliana or a Lingering Souls or something. So to do that, you need to play a certain amount of lands. Um, but in a deck with no uh, deck manipulation, playing a lot of lands leads you to flooding out, and you can run out of gas, even though your gas, if you ever hit it, would be really good. So I think immediately adding four of these that can tap for black or white on turn one, and then and then can draw you gas later in the game if you if you flood it out, like it doesn't have a high mana curve, but it is mana hungry, if that makes sense as a deck, and it's sort of like like. Look, Esper Stoneblade, which would be the blue version of Dead Guy Ale, is not great, and it's got mana problems of its own, you know, just because of the, you know, the amount of mana you want. Streamlining, cutting the blue from from those decks and playing just, like, all the good white and black cards is actually probably pretty good, but, you know, you've got to find a way to get around the variants, and I think that this helps. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I think all of these cards... We'll we'll find at least some some spot, um, in 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 particular decks is maybe a one or a two of even, um, yeah. like I would play Fiery Islet in in Blue Red Delver as like a one or a two of just like sure like it might be a draw spell later on in the game you know before I flood out kind of thing. Waterlogged Grove, yeah, Waterlogged <laughs> Grove. A lot of people were talking about maybe it's good in Infect. I don't see it. Your your mana base is so clogged in Infect. I like. You can just play what you can play, and then you would have to remove something like uh, like a wasteland from the deck to, to decide that you wanted to play this instead because you can't fetch these. No. Yeah, the the thing like with all the talk of like oh this this can just be a draw spell later in the game. Uh, I like obviously these lands are very good. The thing that I think the the biggest boon of a deck that gets the biggest deck that gets a boon from this, which I hate, is burn. Which now has functionally up to eight lands that will cycle, and they don't give a shit about their life total. And their biggest problem is that they flood. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. That Dead Guy is almost the same way, where it's like you need to hit your land drops so that you don't, you know, so you so you do stuff. But like having the ability to have that land turn into a a different card later is good. It's actually really good. Um, I mean. I don't know how often you guys have ever played Horizon Canopy, but I've played a lot, Maverick and stuff, and, like, it is a really good card, and you can grind people out if you have, like, land recursion on it. So something like a Crucible of Worlds in, like, a long game deck with one of these could go a long way. Um, and, of course, there's two of them that... There's now three of them in green and three of them in white. So... Um, the black-green one, it's interesting because, like, well, would you say like John or black green could get the same boost as that guy? I think the only reason, the thing is that black and, and white specifically lack card draw, whereas black green has um, all the green card draw, like Sylvan library um, to sort of back it up. 
So, uh, but it's not as powerful as white. I think white is a more powerful color, especially at Legacy. Yeah, I'm actually but, surprised there wasn't the there wasn't like a Sylvan Library variant <laughs> printed yeah, like, for like Sylvan a librarian. Library. Sylvan Librarian, like Sylvan Librarian, a guy. Probably just too hard to to. Well, it's like that. I mean, they would have to figure out how to template it, but also, I, I'm surprised yeah. that they they they. I wonder if there was any design with a cleaned template, a cleaned yeah. up Sylvan Library template that was tried out and then they just determined it to be too good. Yeah, it's a, it's a big headache to to throw that card into modern like any any version of that. Probably why it didn't make it. Yeah. Um, um, okay. Okay, so we're going to stay in lands and we're going to talk about Prismatic Vista. Prismatic, I keep clicking the right keep starting Magic Online instead of clicking uh uh my uh thing here. Uh Prismatic Vista has tap, pay one life, sacrifice Prismatic Vista, search your library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. So it's a fetch land for six total lands. Is this uh, a, a good time to just bring up how the worst thing to happen to Magic is fetch lands? I mean, we can <laughs> we can talk about that for three hours. Yeah, that, um, that's a whole I, episode, right? I, like, think, I think people would w- rather hear us talk about the, the cards from the set at this point. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> know, know that I, I do assume the position that the, that... Uh, the majority of the ban list is paying for the sins of fetch lands, and fetch yep. lands are the worst thing that happened in the game. Sure, uh, but Prismatic uh, Vista is great. I'll second. I'll second exactly what you're saying. But yeah, I, I totally agree. Prismatic Vista is great. I think that the thing about Prismatic Vista that that's really is going to be really important is its role in one bringing the price point down of of budget decks, uh, allowing. Uh, you know, allowing uh, decks that are two-color decks to skirt playing uh, what's it called uh, dual lands. Dual lands. You know, look or at... off-color fetches. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think Prismatic Vista is just going to be the same price as all of the other fetches. Well, right now and... they're seventeen dollars. So if you don't own, own yeah, a set no, of like... four of them, you should buy them. Yeah. You every should... single EDH deck is going to want one. You know, you should just get them now. Imagine if any of the other fetch lands were pre-selling for $17 and you were like, ah, I'll wait and see. And then you'll feel like an idiot later. Like <laughs> everybody will. should be pre-ordering these things. There's no I way agree. that they're going to stay $17. This is just going to be a fetch with all the other fetches and it's going to be just as good as any of them. I think, and, I think an important thing to mention is that th- this set is not like, you're not going to see these cards reprinted in the next standard set, like, uh, uh, or reprinted in the next, whatever horizons, that right like the, the one the one difference is that horizons isn't a limited print it is just going to be printed yeah. at demand yeah so, so it, it, you'll get you'll get your ten dollar packs all the way through until they stop printing it right yeah. but not everybody buys uh up to demand right so like two years from now when you're like kicking yourself in the head because prismatic vista is a 50 dollar fetch land uh, and and you're like oh i should have gotten those i i, I could have gotten those or scalding tarns and what you know like just yeah Buy them now, right? It yeah. falls. It definitely falls into the camp of like there isn't really much to say about it other than like now Eldrazi because <laughs> you have a fetch land. And, like aside from that, like it's not doing anything that like we haven't seen before. Like it's definitely just going to be like probably stock four of in miracles because now they just sure. get to play their basic. Mouses. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. I want to talk about that for a second. Quick second on miracles. Mm-hmm. That's a big. That's a big point. This you know this is better probably than Aaron Mesa. For sure. Aaron Mace is for sure the worst card in the deck, and it's not close. Scalding Tarn, you know, gets you a basic island, and that's the, that's the only reason it's better than Aaron Mesa, right? I mean, the, here's, here's my question. Here's my question. Yeah. With the the existence of Narsa and Teferi, is the is the white blue, you know, two color miracles still going to be the the no. dom's yeah. kill? 
is dead. If you're doing, if you're still doing two color miracles, you're doing it wrong and you're going to feel bad. Like um, Narset Teferi incentivizes you to want to be playing the red blasts. And the fact that like you were already playing a mountain in your board to support that because you couldn't do it off of the, the Volks alone in the main. But now yeah. that you can play this card and functionally have eight flooded strands in your deck that can fetch your basic mountain, you're going to want that basic mountain anyway because you're incentivized to have all of those pyroblasts on the board. And then the fact that you have the basic mountain in the main means that you can now go back to things like wear tear out of the board mm-hmm. or like other uh, red, like other powerful red haymakers that you know are going to be able to resolve because you have the basic mountain. So, yeah. So you, you know, think it's so you think this this is still playable in three color miracles? I think this is going to I I think Which the has... stock version of miracles going forward is going to be. Four prismatic vistas with a mainboard mountain. Interesting. Zach, Snowlands? Yeah, so you were saying before that this fetches six lands, but it actually fetches 11, 11 lands uh, because <laughs> it gets snowlands. Snow covered lands are actually a basic uh, land that's super type snow. So, uh, you know, we uh, a lot of the cards in this set are snow based as well. Obviously, they're reprinting uh, snow covered lands. And I guess the question I've been having since I've seen some of these cards is, is like a snow tempo kind of deck a possibility? And, and you know, uh, I guess that speeds us all the we're way down that. to ice. Yeah, we're going to answer that later. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about sense. that in a bit. But it's important to note that uh, you can get snow-covered lands with uh, Prismatic Vista. Yeah. yeah. Snow-covered we'll basics. All right. Force of Negation. This is Phil's choice for the best card in the set. One blue-blue. For an instant, if it's not your turn, you may exile a blue card from your hand rather than pay the spell's mana cost. Counter target non-creature spell. If that spell is countered this way, exile it instead of putting it into its owner's graveyard. Yeah, I get that it's not exciting, but it's very clearly the best card in the set, and it's not anywhere remotely close. <laughs> like, I think it's close. It's not even remote. It's it, it, This card is so leagues and bounds ahead of every other card in this set that, like, the thing is that, like, it's not splashy or interesting. It's just better than everything else like i wish i had cool things to say about it like the the fact that one you have the alt cast of just casting it for three which is going to come up way more often than people the think. alt yeah. cast of using it's mana <laughs> people already cast force of wills for five in late games constantly like it's not like the, the fact that it only can cost three anytime you want is going to come up a bunch and people are going to forget that and the other clause of it exiling the spell is gigantic like are people just overlooking the fact that, like, if I'm playing against Storm and somebody wants to go past in flames, I can exile the past in flames for free? Like, yeah. this card's insane. And, like, think, the idea that this good. card is, like, waffling as one of the good, good cards in this set. This is the best card in the set. I don't think it's waffling. I think there's a couple problems. One is that, you know, creatures are bombs, like True Day Nemesis and Leovold, right? And you sometimes need to counter those, and sometimes Force of Will is your best way to get rid of them. Um... In for, oh, for certain yeah, I, I, I don't think this is coming in and replacing anything. I think well, it, like, it, you know, I think you're looking for decks that need a fifth or sixth force of will, right, out of the board or something. I think in in a world of like, especially with London Mulligan, I think you're in a, you're in the market for wanting more than four forces. Yeah, I think you, and, I agree. I agree with everything you said. I just think that its effects are are I don't want to say bad. But like, it's not bad. It's not. It's not bad. It's. It's just like, force of will is good for a reason. It, force of will works as backup. Force of will hits creatures. You know, 
Um, this is diet force of will with very specific <laughs> downside in that it can hit creatures, but very specific upside in that it is just way better against Storm. This is diet caffeine free force of will. No, this, like, like there, there's I a lot. We are very much underestimating this exile clause. This exile clause I, I would, is I actually, the nuts. I would, not, I would not go that far. I actually think the exile clause is, is interesting, and that's probably the only reason. That's one of the reasons you played in Legacy. I mean, it's three mana. The other, the other point being that it's, uh, you know, also free, but like, yeah. you know, not not anything different. I just don't think. I don't know. The question is like. You know what? We forgot to put Giver of Runes on here. I'm going to do that next. Um, Giver of Runes this, is garbage. Get out of here. Yo, hold on. I'm going to tell you. But the point is, like, you've got these knobs that they turn, right? And the question is, what's the what's the answer? Is it this is the fifth and sixth force of will? Is it a three one split in the main? Like, if Storm was really good, which it might never be again because of all the cards in the set. Um, but like, you know. No, this is not replacing your 3-1 split. You're going you're to you're you're do a 3-1 split. So now you're looking no. for, for, you need a 5th-6. So what deck needs a 5th or 6th Force of Will? No, this but, is, this, like, pretty much any fair deck that doesn't want to lose to Chalice on one, or lose to Storm or Black Red Reanimator, or any of the decks that are just going to become overloaded because of the London Mulligan. Well, yeah, that, like, that can't like, like if, if, I, if I have a 40% chance of opening my one of, mm-hmm. my, one of my four Force of Wills, if I can add copies 5, 6, maybe 7, and guarantee that, like, I'm now, like, a very much, like, if I can guarantee, like, I'm going to play two out of three games in a match, right? So if I can guarantee in two out of three games, statistically, I'm going to open a Force of Will, like, plus whatever other cards I'm boarding in as, as ways to, like, hate on those decks that only really care about opening hands, that's insanely powerful. So, like, whether or not this shows up as your five and six in the main, the fact that this might also be a card that's going to show up in numbers out of the board is, I, 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 I'm super high on this card. I, it's, it's, like the thing is, is that right. like, it's not. I'm not excited by having more forces. I'm keen on. Ha- I'm in the market for more forces because I'm. I know that there's going to be a bunch of Black Red to be animator and a bunch of just like I always have my chalice because of London Mulligan that I'm going to need this. I will say this. There's a couple things. One, Cabal Therapy. Just what a nightmare. You know, you just like okay, I'll just Cabal Therapy. I'll just name Force of Will. But now you can't do that. Well, <laughs> even if you do that, even if you wanted to like. With this, if you needed to, like, protect, like, let's say you're playing against Reanimator and you have, like, the Surgical or whatever, and they Cabal Therapy, and you want to protect the Surgical, you can exile the Cabal Therapy. And they can't cast it again. That's great. Actually, that's a good point, because I was going to say Nick Fit is the only one where that really matters. They can resolve the, uh, they can still resolve the, the Veteran Explorer through the uh, Force of Negation. But, uh, but yeah, there won't, there won't be a Cabal Therapy if that's the case. But then again, you're bringing this in. I don't know. I don't know. It's just... I feel like it's a lot I, of. I, I would still be bringing in this type of thing against the Nick Fit deck because they're trying to go and like cast their fat walkers. Right, exactly. Walkers are the thing, and that's why I wrote down solve Narset problem. So does this, you know, this we talked about like does this work with Prismatic Vista to solve the Narset problem for miracles, like you, for blue white miracles, where you can like, okay, well, yeah, I don't get Reb, but I'm gonna just play this, and now that'll solve my Narset problem, you know. If that makes uh, I think Reb is not just good because it can counter mm-hmm. something on the way down. I think it's because it's a one mana answer to kill something in play. Um, yeah, let's do give her runes real fast. I agree that this card is not great, but I do want to see uh, just because it's got the same uh, sort of of knob turning. Giver of runes is one mana for a creature, core cleric. It's a one two tap another target creature you control. Gains protection from colorless or from the color of your choice until end of turn. 
So obviously the this is the takeoff on Mother of Runes with the two the two biggest exceptions or three there's three changes one it is a core not a human two it is a one two not a one one three it cannot target itself and I guess four it can give protection from colorless I don't think this card is good but this was the same question I had about force negation even if you really liked Mom would you want the fifth one so there's specific instances where this is this could be interesting. And the parts where it's interesting is it gives protection from Eldrazi. And the other part that's interesting is it gives protection from Umazawa's Jitae. Except they never get counters in the Jitae because they give protection to the creature that blocks the Jitae creature. I'm saying that, like, this, if, if, you, if uh, you have the instance where they're trying to remove counters that are already on it, this yeah, can yeah, do I it. Know, I know, But, but I'm saying it's, that, it's, like, yeah. It's your Mother pattern that also... makes me go... It's, it's what you just said that makes me think that this is just, like, not good enough. And I don't know if... I'll be honest, I don't play enough Mother of Rune decks to know if they want more than four Mother of Runes. No. I mean, <laughs> I don't think you do. I, I play no. a lot of Mother of Runes decks. Because when I, I play was... against Mother of Runes, the thing that I always find to be the trickiest thing is that the Mother of Runes can protect itself. Yeah. yeah. A Mother of Runes it protects itself. And, like, you know, it's, it's one of those things, too, where it's like, yes, it doesn't get hit by all the X1 sweepers, but if if you kill all the other creatures in play with the X1 sweeper and all you've got is this one, two that doesn't do anything because there's no other creatures in play, then whatever, I'll take that, you know? <laughs> so, I, I mean, I didn't want to spend a lot of time on this card. I just wanted to talk about it in the same way as Force Negation where it's like, but there is that, like, just there's a, just that there is that metagame or that store you go to or that person that does a thing that drives you crazy and you just jam one of these in, either as your fifth mother of runes or you do a 3-1 split or there's something you're mad about. I mean, if, 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 there's, if there's a world where you want, you like, you would just love to have Mother of Runes number five, like, yeah, sure. Like, if this shows up for me like, across the table for me, I'm not going to be like, this fucking card, like, whatever. I'm going to be like, okay, like, yeah, this is a reasonable thing to do, I guess. But it, it, it's, <laughs> to me, it's, it's enough worse than Mother of Runes that, like, I don't think it's good, even though, I, like, it is clearly a strong effect. Right. Force of Vigor. This is a green force. It costs two green green for an instant. And if it is not your turn, you may exile a green card from your hand rather than play its spells mana cost. Destroy up to two target artifacts and or enchantments. This card's excellent. This I'm card super, is excellent. Super happy about this <laughs> card existing because let's go back to the rug the rug conundrum, right? This this stops so much of the BS that stops rug from being a, a deck, right? Blood Moon, Leyline of the Void. Chalice, <laughs> Leyline of the Void, right? Like, how many times have I just been like, oh, rest in peace. I guess I don't play anymore. Oh, <laughs> Chalice on one. I guess I guess you win. Oh, Blood Moon. Cool. I guess uh, I'll bolt you and then concede, right? This card stops that. Now, I, I had previously mentioned that, oh, this is pretty good against Karn uh, to you guys, and you immediately shut that down because it turns all of your stuff colorless. Yes, there are no green cards. Here's my here's my issue with this in rug. Do you have enough green cards to pitch? So this is the thing is is what I what I had also uh, put on there was like this creates a funky um uh like uh what's the word I'm looking for? It, it puts attention. It puts attention yeah. on on do you play the four goif version? Do you do you do you play some true name nemesis nemesi? Uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, so you have to you have to think about your green cards now. But you've got run in six. You can pitch run in <laughs> six, right? Like, yeah. so so there's there there's I think you can find if you need this effect 
uh, some green cards. You, well, you also have like there there are certain upgrades that you get out of this set too that would be in your board anyway. Yeah. Like uh, if you if you are a rogue player that was playing a no rod, you're just in the market for the new no rod tutu. Yep. Who happens to be green? So like if you need to like up your green count, there are incidental ways to like have your deck be functionally the same, and you would be interested in those upgrades anyway. Uh, I think this card out of the board, I mean, being able to hit two things for free after you've pitched to stay at card parity yeah. is really, yeah. really it's good. Huge. It's huge. It's a, like, it's a two for two. It's the only one of these that's, well, I guess Contagion is a two for two. Pyrokinesis is a two for two, but yeah. Good. Like Py- Pyrokinesis can be a four for a four yeah. for two. <laughs> yeah. But like in, in your decks where like, I mean, we're talking specifically about Rug Delver right now, but I mean, this could go on a bunch of different shells if you can support the green cards, but the idea that this thing is always going to trade up on mana because obviously it's free is, uh, or I guess it won't always trade up. It could trade even if they have like a bunch of ley lines or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, th- this card is like super, super powerful out of the board for sure. Like this is going to be a, a sideboard mainstay for its entire existence. I feel good you about it. You mentioned it, and let's talk about it. Collector Oof. One in a green for Creature Oof. It's a 2-2. Activated abilities of artifacts can't be activated. The only downside of this card is that it can be killed with creature kill spells, right? So uh, if your opponent uh, is ready to kill a creature, uh, and it's an art, and they're an artifact deck, which I don't think there's a lot of, um, the, the viability of this card decreases a little bit, but being that it, it it's like a clock and can shut yeah, down a, a deck, yeah, it's I, great. I, yeah. I'm, I'm on the other side of that. Like, the, the, these guys die to removal. Historically, the whenever you've had a classic effect tacked onto a dude, the dude has always seen way more play than the original thing. Yeah. Like, Ramunap Excavator has always seen way more play than Crucible of Worlds. Uh, this guy is going to see more play than No Rod, assuming you're a deck that wants to be attacking. Yeah. And you're playing green. Like, if you're playing green and want to be attacking, which is most decks that I think play a no rod in the board. Yep. um, Like, I think this card is just going to see way more play than no rod did. This is a game changer in Vintage. Like, this puts, puts like, a green dudes on the Yeah, the same thing that, like, Phyrexian Revoker sees way more play than Pithing Needle. Well, yeah, like, look at, uh, for me, it's Yixla Jailer is, like, such a giant bomb to play against uh, uh, Bazaar in, uh, in Vintage. I, I throw that down and they scoop because they're just like, oh, you've got a win condition and and I have no way of killing that. I brought Can't in Ignit Chewer because uh, I thought I was just going to have to kill a uh, artifact. You know? yeah. And I like, think also, that, um... if, you, if you're bringing this in against artifact decks, like, the fact that this thing will turn off a walking ballista, then they, you know, and they can't use the ballista shoot, to shoot it down, that, you know... It, it, if an artifact deck that you're bringing this in against is also using artifacts as just a removal, like yeah. this thing shutting off oh, an so EB good. is really good. Yep. Um, so like, I mean, this I think thing is of... nice for shutting off Grim Monolith, you know, like the you know, Eldrazi post deck, and you can play it on two. Like, look, I, I know this is never going to happen. I try it every time, but like Zoo, like <laughs> this is a green nightmare for Zoo. <laughs> You know, this just comes down and like, you know, you're not going to get Lion's Eye Diamonded and stuff. And like, you can figure out, maybe you can, maybe that's enough to just buy you the time you need. Um, yeah, I, like, I like it. I, Kataki, I love it in Vintage. I can't wait to play it in Vintage. Kataki has had a pretty good career. And this one is in a, a color that's more interested in bringing the beats. Yeah. So. Zenith the Bull, which matters. You know, you can play this in a main deck if you wanted to. Um, elves can bring this in against artifact decks. I don't know if that really matters to them, but they can do it. So you know, like this I, guy's gonna ha- this guy's gonna have a long 
lasting impact as a good utility creature that you should just never be surprised to see it in a 75. It's going to join the long, long ranks of uh, cards that have had classic effects tacked onto them, you know? Yep, for sure. It's now, just good, and that's that's where this card's going to be. All right, Phil, here we go. Your, your, your time to shine here. Watcher for tomorrow. One and a blue for a creature human wizard. Hideaway. This creature enters battlefield tapped. When it does, look at the top four cards of your library. Exile one face down and put the rest on the bottom of your library. When Watcher for tomorrow leaves the battlefield, put the exile card into its owner's hand. Two, one. I like this card too, but I'll let you have it. I mean, I I can monologue for, for a while about this card. I won't because I, I don't actually think it's good enough as a, a two-mana two-one that impulses. But it's really the, – the thing I like about this card, one, is that it's uh, hidden information of a card that's not in your hand. So it's it's safe in that regard uh, from, like, discard and whatnot. The thing I uh, that really just got my uh, giant gears moving on it and why I really like the card is that it's when it leaves the battlefield clause – Yep. So, like, if you have ways, if you have, like, shenanigans to, like, bounce this card or, like, flicker this card to, like, continuously, like, net impulses, that, that's where I'm like, oh, man, maybe this card is an engine somewhere, you know, like, I don't know. I think I, when I see I leave the battlefield trigger, I'm like, where is the combo where I can, like, infinitely bounce something? Yeah. And now that, like, I don't need something attached to the bounce, the infinite bounce, I can just continuously, <laughs> like... You know, effectively, if you can get an infinite bounce combo with this guy, you functionally draw your deck. Well, yeah. how do how do we feel about like this with Cavern Harpy? Ooh, there you go. Right, like a deck a deck that wants those sort of things, right, would be Aloran or Alorin. Uh, and and so you've got Baleful Strix in that deck. Watcher for tomorrow is is interesting because it has you know in Hearthstone this is yeah, called Death Rattle. Um, and, <laughs> And and you're able to you know like basically like you get you get a bonus when it leaves the battlefield right so yep. this this puts tension on your opponent to like do they ever really want to block this sort of situation and stuff like that uh it it makes your opponent it, it does a thing that I, I like in Magic which is will your opponent make a mistake right well you get selection you don't get the card now you don't, you're not getting the card immediately is interesting right mm -hmm. um because if this just came into play and you impulse, that might be too strong. Yeah. Um, or it might not be because now this plays around. This this is a thing that plays around discard. Um, you feel it, you know, you could discard your whole hand with lions, oh, lion's eye diamond. Nate, Nate, actually, you know what this card goes infinite with? This this is this is the card for your astral slide deck, dude. Yeah, this is right. This is a card for an astral slide deck for sure. Yeah, you just you can get any kind of card off of it, like you know, and that you know what it is. Your opponent doesn't. It's interesting that you just. I mean, this would be busted. Like, all the hideaway cards that you cast them, like all the lands that existed, you obviously that would just be insane because you would Cabal Therapy, name Force of Negation, and then just cast Omniscience. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think this card's actually... I think it's I think it's sneaky good. I, I, I knew Phil would be into it because it, it you can draw oh, two cards yeah, with the bond. I, I, I absolutely but, uh, <laughs> adore this card. Like, the idea... Yeah. Oh, this is definitely going to... Like, I'm going to brew with the Bond Wizards in Modern with this guy for sure. Yeah. Like... Get two uh, cards. This is, well, if this answers your, you know, the best wizard is Snapcaster Mage in blue. So this is better than Snapcaster Mage for that deck. It really is. No, yeah. and the, 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 I mean, I would just two-second tangent on the Bond Wizards in Modern because it's a pet deck. Uh, the, the best <laughs> thing to be doing in that deck was Silvergill Adept because it's a two-minute wizard that draws a card. 
Yeah. The problem with that, though, is that that means that your density of merfolk has to be high enough to support it. And this card is like, nah, dog, I'm just going to be good all the time. Yeah. Modern has two new swords in the sword cycle. Uh, sword of Truth and Justice uh, costs three for an artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, and has protection from white and from blue. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, put a plus one, plus one counter on a creature you control, then proliferate. Uh, sword of Sinew and Steel, uh, three mana, protection from black and from red. When it deals combat damage to a player, destroy up to one target planeswalker and up to one target artifact. So what, what are the swords think? that are still left out? There's there's no white green sword. There is no blue black sword. Blue black sword. And, and red green sword. Red green. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So there's still three swords that are outliers. Yeah. I don't I don't think either of these these are not on the power level of the Mirrodin swords, which are fire and ice and uh, no. light and shadow. Yeah. It's. I mean, then you're going to war and peace, peace and famine, and body and mind. These are closer to that. I think uh, truth and justice is probably better better than body and mind. Because the protection from white is better than the protection from green. Yeah, yeah. And the milling doesn't always do anything. This at least puts two counters on the creature that attacked. The, the, the very least this, this, this proliferate plus, plus one counter thing does is that you attack with this, if it gets through, you put a plus one, plus one counter on the creature, then you proliferate. Whenever so I you attack it, for two more next turn. Whenever I see a card with proliferate, I immediately have to think, can I slot this into uh, like the board or the main deck of Infect? Um, and I feel like just no with this, unfortunately. It's just not I enough. I actually think you could. And here's why. This is this kills in two hits. Yeah. So I mean, the that's first true. one, plus, so you hit for three, right? Mm -hmm. Three Infect, so they get three counters. Then you put a plus one, plus one on the creature, which puts it to four. Then you proliferate, which puts it to five, and then they go up one more counter. So they go up to four. And then the next turn, you attack for five and proliferate. That's six, and that's four plus six is ten. It's, uh, it's a lot of mana. But it's a thing that, like, can sit on the battlefield. Like, if, do you want to... It depends on what you're fighting. Like, what if you're not... Don't want to fight the pump spell war post-board for some reason, right? You just want to put something down, and then there it is, right? And then eventually it will... Uh, the, the only downside about that... Like, I agree that this... Like, one of the scariest things about equipment is that it just makes any incidental creature uh, a, a big threat that you have to deal with. Mm -hmm. uh, the problem with this in specifically Infect, and I'm just thinking about how I always board against Infect, is I'm always bringing in my artifact. <laughs> You're bringing your artifacts stuff, yeah. The because ink, I need to shatter the Ink Moth. I'm always bringing in artifact hate, which I think might push that aside. But maybe you overload it. I don't know. You know, I mean, I think this is worth experimenting in that deck. Yeah, I think so too. All right. <laughs> there, there is something to be said about overloading your opponent's ability to interact with a certain type of card like that. Yeah. It's fair. Um, I, I just, you know, I see proliferate. I have to mention Infect. No, I, I thought about yeah. Infect for this because of that. Because <laughs> I did the math and it kills in two hits. So, you know, I mean, if you're in a top deck war, you get this thing, if this thing's on the battlefield because they, they shattered the Ink Moth Nexus, you know, then you draw a Blighted Agent, stick this to it, and then it does in two turns. This is also one of those cards where because Proliferate is hasn't had a home that it's abused in yet, like... It's only Infect where it somewhat sees incidental play with, like, Tez's Gambit or something to, like, turn yeah. off chalices and stuff. 
um, that I wonder if they're with like contentious plan or Tez's gambit and this, like if there's, again, if there's any new decks that care about proliferating enough, you know, like maybe there's like a steel stompy deck that's really interested in playing a proliferate equipment onto its ravagers, its ballistas and its hangar backwalkers. Oh yeah. I mean, we didn't even talk about the potential of just like playing this off a of workshop in vintage. And yeah, like next turn, yeah, I, you stick it to something. Like the way that this one is, that this sword is good outside of like having protection from two colors that are super relevant is the most abusable thing on this is the proliferate because that's pretty much what it, the only, like the plus one plus one counter is like whatever, okay, it becomes two plus one plus one counter. <clears throat> but like if you can abuse that proliferate, like if you hit with this and then the proliferate is something that more or less ends the game, that's where this sword's going to be really powerful. This would have that, been a bigger deal to me if Force of Vigor didn't exist. Right, because yeah. then I'd been like, hmm, you know, maybe I want to throw this on one of my creatures to to get the chalice to be a larger number in in rug or whatever. Yeah. Um, Who's but, I don't know. I mean, I, I I don't know if like if you're playing this sword because if it connects, it's doing something that's entirely backbreaking for your opponent. The same way that like DNT does it with sort of fire and ice. Yeah, it's too late. You're I, doing good. Like, well, it's one of those things where, like, I don't know if, like, the it dies to the removal that they have is is a, a reasonable knock against the card. Because if you're putting it in a place where it's just going to be game-ending if it connects once, then, like, that's worth that tension, right? Mm. Yeah. No, I don't know what world, I don't know what deck that is yet. But, like, if I get hit with a Sword of Fire and Ice and they, like, kill my dude or walker and draw an additional card and they still have a, an insane threat on the board, like, I'm pretty much like, okay, well, I have to kill that sword immediately or I'm just dead, and I'm yeah. already going to be way far behind because it already connected once. Where with this one, if you proliferate anything that's reasonable to proliferate, then it might just be game over anyway. Well, you can proliferate your own Planeswalkers if you're in, like, a, a Stoneforge deck with this. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. But, you know, that's you've got a nasty. Planeswalker, an equipment, and an attacking creature. Really, any arrangement of those three is probably good enough. So it's not like that's, yeah. you know... Um, I, think and also, Stompy, I think the Seal Stompy idea is actually much more intriguing, just because of the ability to... Well, first of all, putting this on a Ravager, um, you Gross. know... Gross. So they, can't, they can't bounce or... Yeah, they can't bounce or Swords the Ravager, which is the best way to get on Modular. Um, and then, you know, obviously you've got like a zillion plus one, plus one counters out there, so... You know, Foundry, like, like, geez, oh my god, Foundry... Uh, not Foundry Inspector. Uh, well, Foundry Inspector... Steel Overseer. Steel Overseer is a card with the game, of course. Right, yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> uh, I want to mention with Sword of Sinew and Steel that you can hit the player and kill their Planeswalker um, as opposed to having to attack the Planeswalker. And if they happen to have another artifact, there you go. Um, you just two-for-one them and hit them for, you know, at three, least three. Or at least probably, two, I guess. At least two, put on yeah. one. But, like, um, I think that matters because there are definitely times where I've been attacking you with a sword... And had to decide, like, okay, do I need to chip away at this Planeswalker and not get my trigger, or do I need to get my trigger um, but let them untap with this Planeswalker, you know? And that's 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 tough, and being able to kill the Planeswalker without having to attack the Planeswalker with your Sworded Creature is pretty good. I'm, I like, think. also, like, I'm not off any of, uh, like, I'm not off either of these swords for their, like, even if their abilities don't read as powerful as, like, something as sort of fire and ice or any of the other ones like yes both of them like are more contextual than like i just get to net a card or dome your face uh 
but I think like the best part of any of these cards is their protections. Yeah, hell yeah. And sort so of, like sort of uh, what is blood and sinew is like two of the best protection the, colors. And well, that's what I'm saying. Both of these swords, both colors on each sword are both relevant protection colors. Yeah. Right. So exactly. like unlike Decent sort of body famine. and mind, where it's yeah. like okay, body and mind has pro green, but like whatever. If you're if you're pumping your dude, you should be able to attack through anyway. It's like body and mind yeah. doesn't see play because the green isn't really relevant in terms of a removal color, where like. Green protected from white or black or red are all good. Or like Jace bounces. Like these are all, all four of these colors are super relevant protection colors. Oh, it stops so. you from getting blocked by a true name and then not having the sword. You know, like like a true name. Oh, I guess it does work if that's true. Never mind. Anyway, uh, let's move on to Yogmoth Brand Physician. Let me just get our time here because this has a lot of text on it. Okay. Uh, he is two black black for legendary creature, human cleric. He is a two four with protection from humans. Pay one life, sacrifice another creature, put a minus one minus one counter on up to one target creature, and draw a card. Black black, discard a card, proliferate. Proliferate. Yes, proliferate again. Jeez, <laughs> um, you know I, I think proliferate is a breakable mechanic that has just we just had, didn't have the cards when they started in Phyrexia, and now we've got all these new cards in the last two sets. But anyway. You just need something that's worth proliferating. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll find it in the Yogmoth. The deck. answer is your opponent. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Phil, I think you like this card. I do. Uh, I don't know where, like, what the home is yet, but I, like, there are certain things that just, uh, my, my alarms immediately go off as, like, a powerful uh, card, and it's whenever I see the word whenever on a card, and whenever you get a, a, a really strong enable, enabling ability that costs no mana. Costs no so mana. Yep. in this case, the fact that he is a free sack outlet that does something relevant when it's doing that, sac that, that sacrificing makes me think that this card is an abusable engine. Do you think you that don't... they had to add the pay one life because they were just like, oh, that's too good. <laughs> they were like, yeah. someone, oh, yeah. someone if, if drew was... like over 20 cards in one game and they were like, that's a problem. It would go infinite I, with uh, Enduring Renewal combo. Yeah, no, the, the, the pay one life, like, in my mind, it, it is flavorful because it's Yawgmoth, but also it has to be a check on the fact that it is a free... And the, the fact Recurring that creatures is, like, the easiest thing on Earth. So. The, the fact that it's pay one life is still super pushed. Like, yeah. having a zero mana sack outlet that does anything relevant is going to see or could see a bunch of play and be abused in a really significant way. Like Viscera Seer, I get that it's a one-mana sack outlet, but it's a free, it's specifically because it's a free sack outlet. Like Viscera Seer, Cartel Aristocrat, like those cards did things that were marginal, like they were fine, but like the fact that it was the free sack outlet is why they saw play and why they yeah. saw a lot of play in any of the decks that wanted, that were interested in that kind of ability. Yeah. So like Yawgmoth being, I get he's four mana, but he doesn't do. He doesn't die to bolt. He's only functional compared uh, functional death to fatal push. And the thing is that, like, when he sticks, if you have any sort of board that wants to do any sort of busted shenanigans, you can just do it before they can kill him. Yep. Uh, my idea here was just to play a bunch of zero mana creatures, and there's your there's your engine. Cheerios. <laughs> yeah, you get Cheerios. You sacrifice all your creatures. You uh, regrow them. There's like there's gotta be there's gotta be regrow some them. You just draw them and play them, man. You just draw them and play them. I mean, yeah, you could, you, could definitely, you could definitely figure out a way to get through your deck with this, I thought, pretty easily. Um, you know, I wrote down Tallman, but I remember that Kobolds are legal. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's interesting that um, it's not non-token creatures, so 
you can, you know, play this, and then, like, if you've got token creatures, you can still sacrifice them. It Don't does you just want to your... throw this into a deck with Lingering Souls, like, immediately, Nate? Like, doesn't this scream th- play me with Lingering, lingering Souls? It, was, it does kind of scream playing yourself. Two black black is a lot if you're not winning the game. Like, I feel like if you're doing the tall men or kobolds idea, that this is basically Yawgmoth's bargain. <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but, like, you just, like, you, you, you set up your engine and then you just win the game somehow. Um, <laughs> so I think that's I think that's possible. So I don't know. I think Yawgmoth... It, it's weird because there, there's a little bit of, like, disappointment, like, that Yawgmoth isn't, like, super busted, like Urza sort of is. But, you know, he's still I, the bad guy. I, I think Yogmoth actually is super busted. He's just not super busted, like, on his face with other things that are obviously super busted. Like, Urza with artifacts. Like, the fact that artifacts in, in these older formats are already super busted makes it so that Urza can be way more busted. Whereas, like, if, if those things that, like, if those artifacts just trade artifacts for creatures, and this thing would read the exact same way. You know what yeah. I mean? I think uh, you know maybe maybe it's me. Uh, is is this guy just like asking for like an aristocrat style deck to be to be good in uh, legacy? It's probably fine in modern. Like you can probably get the value out of this in modern. But like, is there like a aristocrat style deck that wants to be played in legacy that can even compete? Like you you may mean, have to play. There, there is like the already the like really cute shenanigans zombie deck where Gravecrawler is your enabler and you can. With Crypt Breaker and a free sack outlet like uh, Frexian Altar or whatever, you just like draw your deck and you know make infinite zombies and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I just there's two cards that that return each creature card with converted mana cost zero or less from your graveyard to the battlefield for you know you know it's X or less, but you can make zero. So I think there's there's you can recycle like you just you stack a bunch of until you draw those rally the ancestors you rally all your cards back you just blood you artist know. and 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 yeah. kill your opponent blood way, artist right? yeah there you go right so you know I think it's I'll, I'll put that together that sounds fun <laughs> I yeah I mean oh, I obviously he's thing. he's not gonna be as busted as Urza because Urza's just like yeah play me with rocks cast my deck like, <laughs> yeah yeah well it's 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 not it doesn't build itself in the same way Urza builds itself but it's a it's a fun effect to play with and there's there's got to be some shenanigans. Okay. Shenanigans. Whoops. He's also uh, a discard outlet. Like, like that's that's not, not that's not trivial. Yeah. Uh, Hall of Heliads, or Heliads Generosity. It's a legendary land. Tap. Add colorless. One colorless. One colorless and a white and tap. Put target enchantment card from your graveyard on top of your library. This is this is a Zach card through and through. <laughs> Yeah, or I mean, don't think so. I don't know. I don't know what I could do with this card, but so stasis. for me, for me, sure, you could play this with stasis. But the, the, here's the thing about stasis. Wow, stasis. You're tapping wow. out. You're tapping out, and then you're playing this card for stasis. Then you're letting stasis die. Then your opponent untaps. No, you, know? you just end the turn to spot acceptor for stasis. Of course. Upkeep. Um, you upkeep. Hollow Heliod stasis. Play sure. stasis. Sure. I, I mean, I, 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 I think I think Stasis Attack is, with Sarah is, Angel Go. In a world where Planeswalkers are two mana and good, uh, <laughs> I don't think Stasis is, is the card you want to be playing. Um, but uh, I, I think that this is a, a definite like include for an Enchantress deck, right? Um, not that they're like a big part of the meta. Um, and I don't know, man. I'm just I just like this. I want them to do one of these for every color. We've got black as far as uh, what the uh, Walrus stronghold. stronghold, right? 
Uh, could we see a blue one that maybe puts uh You have Academy Ruins, dude. It already exists. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, Academy so... Ruins. Can, can we see, uh, like, a red Red would one? get you sorceries. Green would get you... I don't know what. Lands? Yeah, lands. Put like a land. <laughs> yeah, that's actually what it would be. Um, Stansel goes to your graveyard. And you just get it yeah. back. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what was I gonna say? And in, and in, and the the lands deck, you know, this is like, people are saying like, well, this is great to get some exploration. Exploration just breaks that deck wide open, and now they can get exploration whenever they want. So great, yeah. awesome, awesome for everybody. Um, yeah, I think this this card will definitely be played, and you know, we'll see who who tries to break it and how. But um, yeah, I would definitely, I would definitely uh, be on the lookout. Billy, you have anything to say about the Hall of Heliod's generosity? I keep saying Heliod. I'm. This card makes me think, like, what are the other enchantments, like the seals, that you can just sack them at will so you can have a, an engine that essentially would hardlock your you, opponent? Could you imagine, like, just seal of fire killing somebody? Like, with this thing? <laughs> just every turn, hit him for two. That's, that is some like, real attrition the there. You well, lock, hey, the, you hey, lock hey, the game geez. down somehow? Well, like, <laughs> if you're playing an Enchantress deck or you're playing, you know, your lands deck or whatever, like, those decks are built to essentially like hard lock your opponent until you come to a grinding halt, right? So yeah. having a, an incidental way that like doesn't mess up your deck otherwise to just like, all right, well now I also have a kill con that's built in. Well, I mean, the, I think the the main thing that uh, an enchantress deck would use with this is just getting back their elephant grass, right? Oh like, yeah, I mean that's 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 really good. So <laughs> I got our next three up here, so I'm gonna be a little bit faster, I hope. So we're at 113. Uh, Plague Engineer. This uh, is a 2 and a black for a creature carrier. It is a 2-2 two, two with Death Touch. As Plague Engineer enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Creatures of the chosen type your opponents control get minus 1, minus 1. I love this card. The fact that it's an Engineer Plague that's not symmetrical just makes me think that this is just such a such an insane upgrade to Engineered Plague. It, it's not symmetrical, and it and it attacks for 2 every turn. Like, they got to kill, like, it's an engineering play that's a clock. It's unbelievable. Now, you're never yeah, going to put Cavern on Carrier, but... And also, like, Creature Recursion is just, like, so much more beneficial to have with this type of effect for the decks that would want an Engineered Plague than Engineered Plague. Yeah. Like, okay, I'll throw this into my deck, and, uh, oh, incidentally, I'm also playing Colgan's Command. This guy's a 2-2, right? Yeah. It's a 2-2. Yeah. I yeah. mean, uh, the, the idea that, like, you can just set this and kill everybody else's TNNs, but your TNNs are live. And then even if so you, bad. and then if you wanted to like reset it, like there are ways that you can just like either block or trade or whatever, and then just rebuy it and then put it onto something else. This thing comes down a collected company, by the way. Um, yeah, yeah. I um I think this is great. I mean, it immediately just says Merfolk Rogue or Elemental or Monk. Um, and just stops, and then just attacks for two every turn. Well, see it does see the same note about like about old effects yeah. being tacked onto guys, and it's just being better. This is a quintessential version of that. Yeah, there's not much to say about it, you know, like force negation, but it's it's definitely going to be out there. I'm I'm very excited about this card. Oh, I'm very excited about this card too. Goblin Engineer, one in a red for a creature goblin artificer. When Goblin Engineer enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an artifact card, put it into your graveyard, then shuffle your library. Red, tap, sacrifice an artifact, return target artifact card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. It is a 1-2. Two. 
I, yeah. I just can't imagine this card being bad. It's an it's an entomb. It's it's an entomb on a guy, and then it's got you can cheat stuff out. Now it's three or less, so cheat is relatively speaking. But I just I just can't imagine this card not finding a way to, to itself being busted. First Dude, of all, between, both has both has a time vault combo. Also between this and trophy mage, which is just the trinket mage that gets a CMC artifact of two. Uh, Painter has gotten a lot of redundancy. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I mean, you can also, as as people pointed out, you can play this with Goblin Welder and just like get like a Sphinx of the Steel Wind and then just weld it into play. Yep. On turn two. Um, I mean, Entomb is great. People play Entomb in Welder decks, and this is probably, you know, better. It's an Entomb. It's an uncounterable Entomb in your Welder deck, and you don't well, usually I, want it to on turn one. Well, the other thing that I think is interesting about the this printing in welder decks is because you have welder and this guy you can just play tavern on goblin and know that like you're right. going to get your entomb oh i know that's the other thing that's it's a cavern on goblin thing yeah um i think yeah, I mean, cavern that, on that, artificer that actually you can put a cavern on artificer actually yeah i think oh, they're both better. artificers yeah. yeah there's probably there's probably <laughs> i mean geez i i didn't i did not look at artificers and i, I bet they're I, I'm, I'm serious though like Oh, there's a lot of blue artificers. There's got to be some of them that are stupid, right? Like, you know, um, so there's got to, like, isn't Urza an artificer? Yeah. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, yes, he is a, He is an artificer. So there you go. Um, anyway, I think Goblin Engineer is going to be good. I think we, we talked about Painter. It gets both half a Time Vault combo. You can get Sword of the Meek. You can get the other thing. So you're all good. Also, it, it, th- this one also, he's just, he's red tap or just red? Red it's tap. red tap sacrifice an artifact. To get oh, okay. it. It's not the yeah. greatest cheat ability, but it's like it's still there. It's still there if you want it. And, hey man, he's he's a dark ritual with an LED. Right, exactly. Exactly. Like just little things like that, right? Okay. Um I wanted to talk about Ice Fang Codal, but Zach wanted to talk about Snow Tribal. So let's start with Ice Fang Codal. It is a green and a blue for a snow creature snake. It is a one-one. With Flash and Flying, when Ice Fang Kotal enters the battlefield, draw a card. Ice Fang Kotal has Death Touch as long as you control at least three other snow permanents. Yeah, this card, like, it, it really intrigues me, right? Because the first thing I, I, I've, I've said for a long time, like, man, if these colors just had a Baleful Strix, right? Which would they could. Which they and, could. And they handed it something pretty close to me. But they were like, you gotta bend your deck weirdly to 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 do this. But isn't the I, I, the death touch is huge, right? But a lot of the the reason why Baleful Strix is so good is just that come into playability, draw a card. Yep. Right. Being able to like buy a turn, blocking a Delver that's coming at you, even if it's just to buy one draw step, right? Like. Yeah. Wait, would buy enough. you two. True, true. It would buy you two draw steps because you're drawing a card, right? Um, I, 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 it makes me want to play other snow permanents so that I can give it Death Touch, though, right? Before we get into that, I want to ask, what's the value of Flash? I, I love Flash. It's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite um, mechanics, and I feel like I, maybe I overrate it. But like this thing is two mana, right? Mm-hmm. And you can just drop it into play and draw a card at the end of the turn, untap if you have like equipment in play. Or a noble high. This is on color with noble hierarchs, so it's attacking for two. You know, that's that's something, right? Like you can hold up counterspell, like actual factual counterspell, it just counters anything, 
And then if they don't do anything, because you're holding a counter spell, you drop this thing into play. And then you draw a card, and then you attack. I what's think the, the, what's the what's the creature in, in uh, Maverick that is the, the the fairy that bounces something? I'm glad you asked. It is Scrib Ranger, which is often one of the most underrated cards in Maverick. Yeah, Scrib Ranger. Is this card just like an engine with the, the uh, what, 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 how is this thing pronounced? Ice Ice Fang Cottle. Ice Fang Cottle. Uh, no, you don't pick up a you don't pick up a creature. You pick up a uh, land forest to untap oh, okay. a creature. Never but, mind. But, you know, the Scrib, Ra- Scrib Ranger has won so many games for me that, like, this this card, I was like, geez, I, I mean, I could play a Tropical Island. Like, you can Zenith for this. Like, one of the things that Maverick has problems with is board stalls. And, you know, you have certain ways to break board stalls. Like, you have equipment, but that doesn't always work against Trudy Gnosis or, you know, you know whatever. So, like, but this thing flies over a whole board of elves. Just carries your GTA for you over the whole board of elves. Well, I was saying, like, so, this thing, we're, we're having, like, the flashbacks of, like, okay, flash in your spell stutter sprite, untap, play it, play equipment, attach equipment, swing. Well, big play in Maverick is to get creatures, to use Guidus Cradle to play and attach an equipment in the same turn. And, you know, the thing that stops it is something being in the way. And then all of a sudden, this thing can fly right over it, you know? Like, so there you go. <laughs> I mean, you got, you maybe you set up your, your mana dork and or Knight of the Reliquary or whatever, and then you could just, like, flash this in, get a, get a, a guy's cradle, attach something to this, and then there you go. I, guess I think, also, I think also, Flash is underrated, and it draws a card. Is that, <laughs> I mean, the other thing, too, is that this is too devotion for your Krufix. Ooh. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, here's the thing is, like, I think you're right. Flash is, Flash is underrated, and I definitely was underrating Flash on this card. But, man, like... It's not better than Death Touch. Flash is not better than Death Touch. Not in this scenario. It is against combo. <laughs> because you hold up counterspell and then they don't combo off and then you play this and, and then you have a you have a clock. <laughs> you know what not, I mean? That's not yeah. good enough. Uh, I, I really do think that like <laughs> if you erased the death touch clause on the card, would you be interested in playing this at all? I would uh, be. But I think that's yeah, like, I, over, I, I think I highly rate Flash. If 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 that's like I, I don't think you can rate the card on the Death Touch thing because I don't think that there are enough good snow cards to warrant it. And the fact that even if you are warping your deck to play a bunch of additional snow cards just to upgrade this to a Baleful Strix, oh, you can yeah. fucking play Baleful Strix. No, no, no. You know? I, I think that that's the, the real tension of this card is that if, if like, throwing this into, like, some sort of a rug mid-range deck, right, and trying to make, like, put enough snow lands in your deck so that you can get there... Right with the other codals in, in your deck as well, right? You, let's say you've got, you're you're guaranteed like two other snow permanents, but like you need that third one, right? Because you need four snow permanents total for this to work, or three? Yeah, you need four because it's four. three other. Yeah, that's the toughest part about about making this death touch thing happen. And then here's the the real ah is that is death touch, so it blocks, and if you add another codal, then that loses the death touch. Like ah. Yeah. Okay. That's a real problem. Here. Okay, now, now I'm gonna now I'm gonna bring it back, okay? Alright. So we have this basic land fetch, right? We have Misty Rainforest. Mm-hmm. The reason so the original threshold deck that was green and blue, right? Green and blue only, right? Yep. Uh they ended up splashing a number of different colors in it for removal, right? Mm-hmm. But let's say that you could just play a bunch of snow covered lands because you have a way to fetch them, right? Multiple yep. ways to fetch them. Mm-hmm. And now you can get three snow-covered land, basic lands, into play pretty easily. 
And then you can play back to basics, and then this thing always has death touch, and you don't need to worry about removal. So I'm talking, uh, yes, I'm talking about blue, green, snow, mid range. I guess I don't know. But back like, to snake, snake exile. Yeah, back, <laughs> back to, you see what I'm saying? Like snake six. Suddenly, get out of here. Suddenly, because this, because what this gains from the snow permanence, right? You have like different deck building incentives, right? Suddenly, you can get Death Touch easily because, like, all right, well, whatever. I've got, you know, a bunch of basic, uh, I've got a bunch of snow covered islands and forests, and I've got a couple tropical islands, and I'm going to have this noble hierarch and true name nemesis and this thing, and then you could, you could build the deck yourself, right? Yep. Uh, okay, I got it, Phil. It's Diamond Back to Basics. Diamond? Diamond Back, like a Diamondback Rattlesnake. Oh, okay. But I don't think Rattlesnakes live in ice. <laughs> I mean, cold, I'm doing dude. what I can do here. No, I, I, I'm off the card just because of the there's no naming capacity for it. Dude, diving back to basics. Come on. Back to base snakes. <laughs> yeah, back to base snakes. All right, I'm in for that. All right, I did want to touch on three other cards that Zach had listed as other snow yep. cards in the set that are we're talking about. One is Arkham's Astrolabe, which is one snow mana to cast, so it can be put any. So it comes down off any snow covered land, basically, mm-hmm. or like Boreal Druid, but whatever. It is a snow artifact. When it enters the battlefield, draw a card, and then one tap, add one mana of any color. Uh, so it's a it's a one mana cantrip. I actually, independent of you, Zach, I did look this card up, or I did look up how many cards are one mana to draw a card, and there's not a lot. Yeah. Um, like that. We, <laughs> I mean, there's ancestral recall, but like you know what I mean. There's not a lot of like non like other than like the blue cantrips. There's not a lot of one mana draw a card. This so isn't this, doing this, anything unless it's in your eggs deck. It, yeah, well, that's the thing. The point is well, like it's not even an egg, right? It's not an egg. It's an astrolabe. Oh, I don't know. I mean, it, it doesn't sacrifice, right? Yeah, so, yeah, like, whatever. that's, that's the important know. part. Um, there's Frostwalk Bastion, which is a snow land that comes into play untapped. Taps to add colorless, so it does add a colorless snow mana. Uh, for one and another snow mana, it becomes a 2-3 construct artifact creature. So it's a man land. And if it deals combat damage to a creature, that creature gets tapped and doesn't untap the next turn. Mm-hmm. That clause so is so weird to me. It's like... You're you, what? You're gonna try and get your man land into combat, and then have the creature that it it, it goes to battle with like survive? Like that's just that, that causes <laughs> just so stupid. Two mana to, act to get a two three is, is you know whatever. I don't know. Yeah, two, but it's also three, but like hold on. What, what, hold what's on. it gonna do? Like oh okay, I'm gonna butt up against the other two threes in the format. Like <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, it, it, uh, no, just kill Stalag. Never mind. Um, Ice Hide Golem is one snow mana for a snow artifact creature. Golem for a, just a two-two, so it's a one mana two-two. Now look, I don't think I don't know. Not I think enough. that yeah. well, guys, snow. Let's, I, let's I, never say, snow is trash. I never say never. Here's here's the what's the let's, card let's that's a three mana card that uh what is it glacial something the one that like draws up to two oh, cards. Even I couldn't. Couldn't get us to review that, Zach. <laughs> I was like, "There's no way we're reviewing that card." Fair but yes, I, I think that like these are these are zero to one mana snow permanents that up your snow count. Maybe we Maybe. go back to snow places in standard soon, and we get some more snow right. cards. Right, if we get I another have. snow set, all you need is another snow set that doesn't suck. I think now, right now, any money that you would put towards buying snow cards, instead take that money and donate it to a, a, a cause against showing. global warming. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. There you go. 127. Well done. Well, anyway, I I think that I think there's I think there's entirely I think there's plenty of space for Ice Fang Kotal. I think you can leverage the Flash in your Bant Stoneblade deck. I think you can 
piece together a, a snow deck, and it might be funny and interesting. The Yo, here's the thing. That, let's let's make this card work with uh, Tamio Field Researcher. Right there, you go. Exactly. I mean, oof, could you imagine? I mean, you get to draw a card, right? You just draw so many cards. Of course, they're all they're all Arkham's astrolabes and ice Yeah, wait, 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 wait! Too many cards drawn off uh, Tamio Field Researcher. Huh? Tamio's Field Researcher with this card. Flash it in. Draw yeah. a card. Untap. Play Tamio's Field Researcher. But plus, draw another card. Yeah, it's it's all value. It's value all the way down. All so right. Many cards uh, drawn. So many uh, cards drawn. <laughs> Scale up. This is such a weird card. Okay, scale up. One green mana for a sorcery. Until end of turn, target creature you control becomes a green worm of base power and toughness 6-4. Overload for green green, which means that would then affect every creature you control. So you I, love, I, love, I love when Wathi just prints a card and they're like, hey guys, let's print this card that will have just zero fair applications. <laughs> they're just like oh man we really yeah, hate all these busted on. decks we're trying to slow the format down let's just print a card that has no interest in being fair in any context ever yeah this here's card the, definitely the, says the, the, it might as well also say and this card has infect yeah right because you're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna yeah, it, play it on a card that doesn't have infect right it's functionally one mana deal 12 and like <laughs> that's fine like who cares it's technically it's one mana deal 11 because you would attack for one anyway but yes it's okay. just like it's the like skin. come on, like uh, this is like what, what who like this is like a pump spell without being a pump spell at sorcery speed. It's just like it's like boring and bad. Like it just doesn't do any. It's like not interesting at all, and it has no like it has nothing. The only thing this card is trying to do is make games unfun and fast for anybody who's trying to play. Anyway, I don't Tell us how you really feel, Phil. This card is a piece of shit design. Like, I, this stuff is stupid. Like, I hate that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, what, what, what's going to happen with this? Guys, turn him into a 6-4 on turn one. Like, who cares? It's fucking dumb. Well, here's, here's my, here's my uh, gripe about this card. Is it, it's a sorcery. If yeah, it wasn't a sorcery, I'd be all over it. I'd be like, great, this is gonna, this is definitely putting at least one of these into my uh, infect deck, whatever. You're the, the sorcery is so hard to make work, though. Right. Well, here's the thing: it's functionally plus five, plus three to a one-one for one mana. Yeah. Right. That's a that's that's a great rate. I mean, that's the best rate since Giant Growth. Which that's was the best. Three. No, no, you you have you have uh, uh, become immense is a better rate. <laughs> oh right, that's plus true, six true. plus six for one, but yeah, with the delve. So yeah, I think you just played become a mince. But come a mince, you are not doing on turn two. Yeah. Yes, you're not going turn one glycerel, turn two scale up invigorate. See you later. Scale up invigorate. Scale up. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Berserk. You know, like. Wait, does does thud, uh, deal dam? Does the creature deal the damage, or does thud deal the damage? That is a good question. Because otherwise you're just going to go Glycerin out. I'm pretty sure. Uh, make it a 6-4 attack and then thud it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's generally yeah. thud. It's uh, fine. But we, what you could do is... Uh, well, never mind. I'm not going to even get into it. But anyway, yes. Uh, thud deals damage. Scale up. If, oh, if, almost, if this wasn't a sorcery, it would be insane. It's, an, it's unfortunately a sorcery. Yeah. Scale up might be the worst design in the set, though. <laughs> With that, we'll go on to shenanigans, <laughs> which I think actually is close to the worst design in the set. No. Um makes me want to watch waiting yeah or uh <laughs> is that what it is no yeah, shenanigans of, uh, with ryan reynolds it's oh I, I i mean of course i thought of super troopers which i think they did for the reveal of this as well oh speaking of shenanigans that card's actually really good <laughs> yeah. 
One of the one of the red well actually one of the red first sorcery. Destroy target artifact. Dredge one. So this is another this is another case of the sorcery being very interesting because you can't destroy on upkeep, dredge, draw, destroy another artifact. You gotta um, commit. You gotta commit to this card. Gotta commit to well, this, this card. is like a perfect card for a sideboard where it's just like if you're a deck, if if you're planning to go up against a deck where you're just like, I need to deal with a bunch of artifacts, I mean just ensuring that you're always going to draw a shatter every turn is pretty good against the deck if you're if, if that's good enough to beat the decks that you would board it in against well i think that like you know you can drop this off to a faithless looting you know as well so you can get it back if you need it like if you're playing black or reanimator you think they might have Grafticker's cage um, in my mind this is like the ancient grudge for decks that don't have green Yes, it also, you know, it, it gets around um, Grafdigger's Cage, which is, I think, is the most important thing about it, that you can dredge and get this back from Grafdigger's Cage without Ancient Garage goes to the graveyard and you can't cast it. So it can't kill two of them, but this can. Excuse me. Yeah, I think Shenanigans is great. And it's also, like, arguably one of the top five names in all of Magic. <laughs> what, what, I can't believe this is actually what it's called. I can't believe this is actually what it's called. What's weird to um, me though is that it's well, it's some bullshit was like, taken. It, it, it doesn't do. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. Like when I think of shenanigans, I think of the, I, I put it in the same category as dirtling, and I would think that the car that does shenanigans it makes you do a bunch of game actions that don't actually amount to anything. This doesn't feel like shenanigans, right? It, just destroying artifacts. I well, mean, if you like... are the artifact player and you keep dredging that back against me. I would probably be like, this is a bunch of shenanigans. Here, well, here's what here's what also does. It kills a thing every turn with uh, liquid metal coating. <laughs> Which, you know, I gotta say, yeah. I tried a liquid metal coating deck in Our vintage. It was super Lick, fun. Liquid yeah, metal this, coating plus this plus shenanigans. Plus means, uh, I mean, why don't you just royal assassin uh, icy manipulator him to death, man? Dude, this, this, this costs way less mana. Power mana. creep, way less mana. Yeah, you just destroy all their lands, and then then, then you can start. Then you just start. You do whatever. I don't know. What's worth more more to you, Phil? Drawing cards or <laughs> paying one less mana a turn? I mean, honestly, it's turning my one ones into six fours. <laughs> all right. All right. Ranger Captain of Eos, one white white for a creature human soldiers a three three. When Ranger Captain of Eos enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a creature card with converted mana cost one or less, reveal it, put it into your hand, and shuffle your library. Sacrifice Ranger Captain of Eos. Your opponents can't cast non-creature spells this turn. What's really cool about this guy is that if he sticks on the table in your, like, fair, you know, whatever DNT deck, I don't know, like, whatever that is, when he sits on the table, Storm can't kill you. Yeah. They're, like, like alright I've like, got like, Storm 9 you're like I'm going to sack my Ranger Captain of Eos now as long as, he, as long as he's on the table he will prevent a Storm opponent from being able to kill you uh, without removing him and he doesn't die to Massacre ooh that's a good point jeez so wow. like they, they, they can like start Storm Chaining and you can just sit on this dude until the point where you're like alright you no more spells for you Wow, I did not. I did not think of that that is a good point I, um, I don't, the thing was like I couldn't figure out who wanted this effect you know, like what kind of deck would piece together this effect? Um, Bomberman actually kind of likes it because you can, you know, search for your walking ballista and then, um, you know, stop them from countering it. Well, <laughs> I mean, it, like obviously mana. you you need you want to be able to get something reasonable off its tutor ability, um, but there are like incidental ways. Like Storm is obviously the the big one where it's like if this is on the table they just can't move. Um, 
But the other thing is, like, if uh, against a show-and-tell opponent, let's say they put in Omniscience, uh, they get their first cast, but then you can sack this in response so they can't actually combo kill you. That no, but they can just, they're, they're going to cast on Merkle because they always have it. You, you, this isn't doing anything against show and tell. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm reaching, <laughs> I'm trying to reach for things beyond Storm. Yeah, um, well, I also, mean. The, the other part of this that people were talking about is if you have this guy on the table against Miracles and they Miracle reveal a Terminus, you, right. can, you can stifle the Terminus effectively. Yeah. Exa- yes, exactly. That's, that's, that's what it gets. Then you maybe you have an Oath of Ghouls and play and bring this back. But yeah, um, it's, it's, it's a card that will find a home or not. You know, it's, weird, it's a weird thing to say, but like it, it probably doesn't have a home, but it could find one because it's got two pretty strong effects. I just don't see them it, being very it, congruous. It also does incidentally make it so whatever spells you cast that turn are uncounterable. Yeah. And so you could use it as protection for a combo, but there's so many. I mean, Teferi does that and all these other things. Silence, you know, whatever. Uh, Shatter Assumptions. One black black for sorcery. Choose one. Target opponent reveals their hand and discards all colorless non-land cards. Or target opponent reveals their hand and discards all multicolored cards. So So, which one of these modes are you activating the most? I mean, Well, Storm, turn one against Eldrazi. Turn one, Dark Ritual. Cast this, Mind Twist my Eldrazi opponent. Yep. <laughs> that's I mean that's the only thing that I see from this card is is just you're you're doing this to hose col- colorless decks. You're not like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to get that uh hopefully Dude, my Grixis control reborn deck." <laughs> I mean, hopefully my Nismizit, <laughs> my Nismizit, my Grixis pl- uh opponent has all Kogan's commands and Baleful Strixes Baleful in his hand. <laughs> Uh, you're happy if that happens. So, like, yeah, you just... You're going to play your Ice Fang coddle deck or whatever, and then (laughs) this is going to be the first thing that happens to you, and you're going to be like, God damn it. And I'm going to flash in Ice Fang. (laughs) Yeah, I'm splashing response, though. There you go. This is three. It's too much. It's too much. I think that there there is the, like, Dark Ritual gotcha, and that's where where it has a home. Yeah, and as you know, there are no Dark Ritual gotchas that exist. (laughs) Right. Well, the thing is, like... Well, that, that's, yeah. And the thing is, like, you use a ritual to cast this, which kind of sucks. So you, you're now you're on the assumption that you're on the play and they haven't played the Chalice and uh, you get to play a land and ritual to cast this. I think that it, it's possible that, like, Vintage, like, this could see playing Vintage just because, like, with a Mox, you can do this on turn two, maybe, if, against, like, workshops. If, if you are just interested in playing, like, the, the Dark Ritual Gotcha deck, then against <laughs> this, you bring this in against Eldrazi. You can bring in, you can go, just go the old days where you go Dark Ritual Sad Sack you and get rid of their tendrils out of their deck so they can never, they don't have any more win conditions. I mean, why not just play a Lotus Petal and and go for the Persecute, you know, at that point? You you can just build your 75 to to, to Dark Ritual get get them. (laughs) All right. So many cards left. There's so many cards left. Scrapyard Recombiner is a three mana artifact creature construct with modular two and tap, sacrifice an artifact, search your library for a construct card, reveal it, put it into your hand, and shuffle your library. So Voltaic so, Key combo kill you? Well, no. It doesn't search for an artifact, search for it searches for a construct. Yeah, there's gotta be a way where you just like, alright, like there's got to be a way where it's it's a free tap tutor. Like, there's got to be a way yeah, to do that. Yeah, and it that. puts two plus one plus one counters on something. Uh, Bowmat Courier is a construct. Uh, I, I mean, let's let's keep in mind also that uh, it doesn't need to sacrifice itself. 
It doesn't need to sacrifice itself, but it it's could. sacrifice an artifact. So that's, yeah. that's. I mean, it's pretty cool to just go like, you know, I obviously like when workshops put this into play. Now my deck is functionally in my hands when I untap. Yeah, yeah. boundary inspector is a construct. Um, I don't believe Arcbound Ravager is. I can just look up uh, here. It is a beast. I know that. Yeah, it's a beast. It's Arcbound Worker is, but not Arcbound Ravager. Um, yeah. So. Any shapeshifter, by the way, you can look at that. Hanger awesome, Backwalker's yeah. a construct. Uh, what's it called? It's a construct. Uh, I'm pretty sure that the... Worm Coil Engine, right? I mean, Kadotha Forge Master is. Worm Coil Engine, skull. maybe not. Maybe not. Let's find it. I mean, I also think we're that, like, yeah. it, it, it also does. Not only is it a tutor, it's also a sack outlet. Oh, oh, I'm tapped target on effect creature. We almost had it, Zach, with this multi oh, yeah, construct. Yeah. Uh, worm coil engine is not a not, construct. Not a construct. Okay. Um, if, if this is a sack outlet, uh, that means that it, you sack your hang about hanger back walker, makes a bunch more artifacts, and now you can functionally just tutor every turn for the rest of the game. Traxos, Triskelion. I mean, we're just looking at constructs now. It, it's got a lot of tutor targets, especially in that in that kind of workshopy deck, right? Lupine prototype. Metal worker is a construct. Yep. Your battle sphere is a construct. Uh, yeah. So there's stuff. There's stuff. There's stuff. Here's a snow creature that's a construct. So there we go. Oh yes. <laughs> They're doing it's it. It's on, guys. <laughs> We're doing Dude, it. All this time, we, how did they forget to make combiner here uh, a snow permanent? Yeah, right. I had to look up this card, Zach. He's a snowbot. Ingenious infiltrator. Two blue black for creature Vidalkin ninja. It's a 2-3 with ninjutsu, blue and a black, and so that means you can swap it with an unblocked attacker. And then whenever a ninja you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. So yeah, I, I mean, I'm just going to say, I've had a nice full of ninjas. I'm just done with them. <laughs> there's, there's a new I, ninja every set. I, I, I'm, I, I'm not a fan of the ninja thing, but I, I just wanted to mention that this might be like, if, if you're trying to do like a Demir mid-range thing or something... I mean, you can just Baleful Strix, like, and, and gain a bunch of value. I don't know. I don't think this is the greatest thing that Blue-Black can be doing, but it's just, it's there. It's worth, it's Nate, worth thinking the, I, about. I, I think the, the thing about ninjas is, even though they come out with a new one every set, they always do the exact same thing. They always do the exact same thing. <laughs> it's literally the same card every black. time. Every, yeah. every ninja is two every... mana ninjutsu to draw a card. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> How many value ninjas do we need? Okay. Mox Tantalite. Uh, it's an artifact with no casting cost. Not zero. Uh, no casting. No cost. casting cost. Yes. Which I think they still call call a casting cost, right? I mean, Suspend do we three. Talk about Mox Tantalite? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> zero. Uh, <laughs> so you get three. You get three spells for three, and then has to add one man of any color. Well, what do you think? It's another Mox. It's got suspend it's, three. This like, I, I was hopeful that Mox Amber would might be able to do something. I think like. There's a world where they print a one mana legend. We that have you does recorded saying that, saying that. <laughs> like at, at a certain point, they're gonna print a one mana legend, and that, that's like in a color you want to be playing, and maybe that'll put Mox Amber over the top. This one is just never gonna not be what it is. I mean, I think Nate. Uh, sorry, Nate. Uh, Phil, a, a lot of the things you said about Mox Amber are gonna be the reasons why you can't run for president later on. <laughs> Yeah, well, that, uh, that is dude. Not, if, if, if I if I was even able to get a nomination, uh, then I'm already way above where I thought my life would end up <laughs> yeah. taking me. 
Well, the big knock against this card is that it only adds one, and Lotus Bloom already exists and adds three. Um, right. And so I would say, like, let's say – I was thinking about a couple of things. One is that the boss is Citadel, yeah, and you can plop this out and play. And then it just is more Storm, and it doesn't take up land so slots. Um, and then in Pox or some sort of really – like a really, uh, you know, destruction-y deck, you can just suspend a bunch of these or suspend it and then, like, Armageddon or something, and then you have a Mox. Um, but that's not going to happen. Oh, I didn't think about this in like a balance deck. That's, yeah, that's, right. I guess it, that's interesting. But like balance doesn't care about your artifacts. It doesn't matter. Just play Mox Amber. You know? <laughs> but they don't have any good creatures to activate it. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm somebody who's in a, a big supporter of Mox Amber, who when the argument against playing another card is why not? Why? You could just play Mox Amber. That's probably a bad that's sign. That's bad, for the card. right? It's not good. <laughs> like Mox Amber is going to get its value in the coming years. <laughs> When almost everybody wants to have like one in their EDH deck. Um, well, that, that when they print your one mana blue legend that says tap an artifact, do something awesome. Sure. I do. I do want to ask <laughs> this though, because it, it keeps getting compared to Lotus Bloom. Like I've been playing when I've been playing vintage. Like Black Lotus is good a lot, and should more people just be playing Lotus Bloom? Like should you just be putting like like yeah, I'll just you know throw one in my deck, suspend it on turn one sometimes. No. And then eventually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, you ever drawn a Black Lotus? The only, uh, time that, the, the, the only time that Lotus Bloom is going to be reasonable in your deck is if you're doing Tinker shenanigans and cheating it into play, or you're doing Goblin Welder shenanigans and just like turning them into rituals. Okay, Both I just, those uh, times, wouldn't you rather wouldn't you rather get a uh, like an Inkwell Leviathan from your from your deck? Or well, like, I could see a world where you like <laughs> yeah. want to be doing like Karn Lattice, and so you're like, all right, Goblin Welder is now a huge ritual. Yeah, you can work more than four LEDs. All right, all right, I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess that, that that point didn't go as far as I thought. Like, if you entomb your Lotus Bloom <laughs> oh, no, it's so off of your Goblin Engineer, and then you want yes. to just reanimate it and get to 10 mana really quick, like, I don't know. Yeah, sure. whatever. Fist? Is it Fist? Fist of Flame? One in a red for an instant. Oh, come on. Draw a card. Until end of turn, target creature gains trample and gets plus one, plus zero oh for each card you've drawn this turn. Why would you care about this when you can just make it a 6-4 for a mana? <laughs> because that, that doesn't it draw, draw a card. A card. This, oh, this, first of all, this is an instant. Two. Yeah. This draws a card. Two mana. Two let's, mana. Let's talk about this, this card is Brainstorm. Brainstorm, this card. Yeah, Brainstorm into this is plus four, plus zero. Oh, and, and then you cast it with the Dreadhorde Arcanist again, and then it's a plus five, plus zero. Oh. So you cast or, this on your Dreadhorde Arcanist. Attack. Why, what do you mean? What do you mean you're paying two mana for that effect? If you're playing Dreadhorde Arcanist pumps shenanigans, you're playing the free pump spells. Can right? If you're gonna play, but they don't draw cards. They're not on color. As a heads up, Nate, if you're gonna play this with Dreadhorde Arcanist, you should probably brainstorm twice then cast it. You know what I? Sylvan do? Library, by the <laughs> way. I, I, by I the could, way, Sylvan I, Library gets you three. I could triggers. brainstorm cast this, or I could just go mutagenic growth. Mutagenic growth with my. Dreadheart Arcanist for zero mana and get the same pump. Come on, guys. You didn't guys. draw a card. Yeah, you're yeah. not card parity, dude. It's it's two mana draw a card. It's with a creature. How, can, it's if, I, if, I, if I concede that you were correct about Dreadheart Arcanist versus uh, Augur of Bolas, uh, <laughs> like at all that we can get off of Fist of Flames, so what the fuck this card is? It's trash. <laughs> okay, okay. It's not. It's really I good. Concede, it's, it's, it's just not a lot. There's just not a lot. This is not a lot of. Uh, Speaking of uh, trash. <laughs> Archmage's Charm. Archmage's oh. Charm is great. What are you talking about? Okay, hold on a second. I'm just triggering. Three, three blue. Three blue for an instant. Choose one. 
counter target spell. Target player draws two cards or gain control of target non-land permanent with converted mana cost one or less. Yeah, that's where this card's real good. It's non-land permanent. So you can get your... What's it called? Uh, Merit Lage. Right? Well, I like stealing Merit Lage at instant speed, but I also like incidentally, like having that kind of functionality means that like when you top it late in the game, uh, well, it's either going to be good because it's going to just be a divination at instant speed, or it's just going to be a counter spell that you can decide if you want to turn into a divination after they haven't done anything. And then incidentally, it's also going to be good on board because like, all right, well, if we're late, I'm just going to steal your Delver. I'm going to steal your uh, Merit Lage or I don't know. How, I mean, what, what do you think, how do you think, uh, like, unless you're dying, like, in, in a turn or two to a Delver, do you think you'll ever take a Delver over drawing two cards? Yes. Yeah? Okay. I, I, I just, the, I'm just, that, that's uh, a legit I, question. I just don't I can know. see a world where you take their Delver at instant speed and then, like, kill their walker. Ooh. Sure. Yeah. Take one of their Delvers in combat and block. Oh, it doesn't work. It doesn't untap it. Yeah. Um, no, but you, if you take it in combat, you can hold off an attack. Right, exactly. It I would mean, be that's... sick to uh, take someone's Sarah Avenger and block their other Sarah Avenger with it. That's not convenient. But you can't. One less. <laughs> oh, damn it. Yeah. I think but, like, the, the, the one thing blues. that like you can do is like if this was in your deck, you can also steal somebody's Aether Vial, which I get is not like if you're playing this card, you're not playing a deck where Aether Vial is going to be good. But the <laughs> fact that that means that you have a, uh, another answer to just essentially turn off your opponent's Aether Vial as the card that would be killing you otherwise is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the best That's like the best thing you can steal with it. I like stealing somebody's exploration. Yeah, you can steal exploration, which is which is also great. Uh, oh, oh, when, when uh, what you call it, uh, steal somebody's, um, uh, what you call it, uh, they're, they're Chrome Mox. No, not the Chrome Mox. They're um, Mox Diamond. Yeah, but you, you've got three blue. Like... <laughs> You yeah, know? now you have five. You have colors of any mana. Steal a black vice. I'm just looking through all the stuff that's listed here on Scryfall. Archmage is great. Uh, the three blue. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's is it is it better than what's this card? Esper Charm. Yeah, because you, you want to play both black and white. <laughs> I guess <laughs> not with blue. Um, yeah, if I'm on blue, I want to be casting. I want to be casting this card. It does the best part of Esper Charm, which is draw two cards. Yeah. And then stealing a, I would argue stealing a one mana permanent is gonna is gonna be better than destroy an enchantment a lot of the time. That's probably uh, true. Yeah, dude, like take your Terramander. They take a Terramander if they adopt it or adapt it. Could you imagine? Ugh. Um, that would be good with Terramander Mirror. Uh, Ruination Rider, red and a green for a creature human berserker is a two two. When Ruination Rider dies, you may have a deal damage to any target equal to the number of land cards in your graveyard. So, this is the enter the battlefield versus leave the battlefield problem, or dies in this case. Like, if this was ETB to do that, that'd be insane. But I don't think it just makes the cut, though. It does. You've got you to make it die, right? <laughs> I hope that the person who's trying to do this, uh, in response to the trigger going on to the stack after they've somehow sacked it, Gets their graveyard exiled. <laughs> yeah, like this I mean, is the third thing. Happen. They get whacked with a uh, what's that? What's that thing? The the trap. Ravenous uh, trap. Ravenous trap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's a combo here, but I'm run out of I'm run out of gas to think about. It. We've got so many cards left. Oh, ha ha having a two two red green card is tough when there's running six. Yeah, that's two. That's true. Uh, tribute mage. 
The tribute mage is one or two and a blue for a two-two, and when it enters the battlefield, you get to search your library for a artifact card with converted mana cost equal to two. I think the best part about this card is they finally gave you a blue imperial recruiter for your painter servant. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he's holding a sword of the meek. Could we get any more obvious? So, so between, <laughs> but they between, get both parts of the sword combo. Yeah. Between trophy mage and trinket mage, you now have. Uh, the full eight copies of both Grindstone and Painter for your Painter deck in a blue. Yeah, but I don't think you want to do that because you could, it's, it's a lot of cards in your deck. Dude, like, you're, you, if you've already gone to the point where you're like, I'm going to play Painter, then <laughs> I, I, I think the argument of I don't think you want to do that starts at I'm going to play Painter. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. <laughs> um, what does this get? This gets uh, Time Vault. This gets... Both has the swords combo. This gets, gets full tank key if it's going to get time vault. No, it doesn't because it doesn't get two it's or less. exactly two. Exactly two will take. Oh, He's fair a one. It's got to be a two mana on there, tap. There, uh, what is it? The uh, Voltaic Servant? Is that that only on tap. Oh, wait. I think, yes. That is also a construct. There you go. <laughs> I got but you. Then, yeah. So at the beginning, so you search for the Voltaic Servant. And then untap the time vault at the end of your end step. Tap it in your end step. You get to take your extra turn. You attack for one, and that's your win condition. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, boy, they actually, these related searches are great. It gets an Aeola pile. It gets an <laughs> Altar of Dementia. Ooh, Arc of Blight. There's, I mean, Devil Strix. Could you imagine? Oh, I'd be so mad. I'd be so mad if someone just searched up Devil Strix with this. <laughs> like, what are you hey, doing? Okay, so it gets chaos orb. It gets chaos orb. So there you go. Ron's tablet. Ron's tablet. Um, Plating is. Oh, and null rod and curse totem. And defense grid and actually, there's a lot of twos, but I don't know if this is enough to, to make it work. Right. Um, it, it's not. Is it artifact or artifact? It is artifact creature, so you could get ravager. You know, like. Yeah, that, for sure. That's a card. I mean, is yeah. there a, is there a world where like you just want to play like a, a affinity affinity like uh, in Legacy? Is that is that playable yet? Is this better than Trinket Mage, which finds Walking Ballista and all your Moxes and stuff? Like I don't know, Chalice the Void. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, two is is a, is a weird number. There's lots of cool stuff at two. I mean, anything you can cast off an Ancient Tomb, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why Spell Snare is a thing, right? Yeah, I'm just looking through. Ooh, this gets your fluctuator. <laughs> oh no. Um, but yeah, I think that this card could find play. See, that's the thing. Like, it gets Grim Monolith, but you've already got two in a blue, right? Yeah. So it gets ooh Heart of Kieran. There you go. Oh, what if this thing crude Heart of Kieran? It gets a lot of shenanigans cards like Helm Awakening, <laughs> for sure, right? Illusionary Mask. Wow. Now you're grasping at straws. Well, you get your Illusionary <laughs> Mask, and then you make a dragon. How great would it have been, though, if in the art, instead of holding a sort of the meek, it was holding an illusory mask? Could you imagine? That'd be <laughs> awesome. The hell? Oh, I wish they had put the unglued cards in here. Gets lightning grease, but you can't bring it down. Liquid metal coating, so you can kill stuff with shenanigans. Oh, shit, you're in the blue-red coating deck? With your Dax <laughs> Vadens? Yeah, right? There you go. Another, also a card that fetches Lupine Prototype. <laughs> i got to stop doing this because it's just boring, but yes. Um, lots of juicy targets. Not sure there's a home, right? Dude, if you need liquid metal coatings five through eight in your liquid metal coating deck, I mean well, we're not we're not far off from just being liquid metal prison. I did want to mention that it's kind of weird that this card gets you sort of the meek, but it's not a one-one. Right. Well, it's that's 
that's your synergy at work there, right? Uh, Mirrodin Besieged, which is also an expansion. So how many how many expansions have made their way into cards? There's, well, there's Vision. There's Visions, <laughs> for sure. That was the original, right? Uh, there's Hour of Devastation. Conflux. Conflux. Uh, Future Sight, Planar Chaos, and Time Spiral. Is that it? There's no, with, like... I'll go with that. I think that's a... Yeah. Is there just a... What, Mirrodin? <laughs> Mirrodin. Mirrodin Besieged is an enchantment. As Mirrodin Besieged enters the battlefield, choose Mirin or Phyrexian. Mirin. Whenever you cast an artifact spell, create a 1-1 colorless mirror artifact creature token or Phyrexian. At the beginning of your end step, draw a card, then discard a card. Then if there are 15 or more artifact cards in your graveyard, target opponent loses the game. It, is just... it just me, or is one of these is one of these definitely the right one and one of these definitely the wrong one? Yeah, making 1-1s is the only reasonable thing to be doing with this card. <laughs> <laughs> if this was yeah, just 15 the... artifacts in your graveyard and you have to play this enchantment? <laughs> cool. No, but you get to draw, uh, like, you draw an extra card and, and discard. You loot every turn. So that, that to me, is worth it more than the, oh, I made a 1-1. One, one. To be, so you, to be, put a very fine point. me that this 1-1 one, one is better than the new Sahili and better than the Psy off of casting your artifacts to make dudes. No, we're talking about the Phyrexian side. Yeah, dude. Oh, if we're sure. about the Phyrexian side, then, like, <laughs> I don't know, we got to just do something to dump our deck, right? Yeah, right. I mean, no, no wait, man. Exactly. I'm saying you just play the you just play the value Tesserator deck. You throw this in as well. You got you got a what is it? Tr what what is that card? Tr trophy Mage. You know, like you just go for it. You know, you're naming a lot of non-artifact cards in your deck that needs 15 artifacts in the yard. Okay, but well hold on. If we Bomber, play, Bomber, let, Bomber let's play Mill and then play Hall of Heliod's Generosity to put this back on top. Yeah, <laughs> well, like like Matt's Cephalid Breakfast deck, right? Like. Put a bunch of artifacts in it or something. Yeah, like, there you go. You know, there's, there's a way to mill yourself to death. Um, I, w I just want to point out that that Bomberman plays four Lotus Petal, four Lion's Eye Diamond, four Urge's Bobble, four Mishra's Bobble, and uh, four Chalice, four Walking Ballista, a bunch of artifact lands. Like, getting 15 or more artifact cards in your graveyard is exceptionally doable. The question is, is whether or not this is, is actually the way to win. Is this your Eggs Hillcon? <laughs> you just play this? And then you wait a turn. Just did a pyroblast. Yeah, you're curious. Cross those yeah, you, fingers. You're just like, uh, it's your turn. Please don't kill this. No, because you would that... win at the beginning of your end steps. You could, you could oh, get 15 cards in your graveyard and then just, you know, all That's right, huge. draw I, this. I pass. forgot that it was instant. Do I win? Yeah. It's, the it's, only pretty, way they... it's pretty funny to me that you can say, all right, Phyrexia is being besieged. And the way that you did that was, was with like a bunch of Herb Derp Zero Man artifacts. <laughs> It's a fun, it's a fun deck that's out there that I am sure someone will try, right? I hope so. Yeah. I would love, I would love this to be the reason I, 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 my, uh, I lose playing for day two to this card. Yeah. Uh, Tectonic Reformation, one in a red for an enchantment. Each land card in your hand has cycling for one red mana, and it also cycles itself for two. I like this card a lot. I do I, too. I think it's bad. I think I, it's bad, too. I think the only way that this card is going to be good is if when it lands and you can cycle your whole hand for whatever that would be, that you, like, this is a combo card. I just think it's a value, like, you know, okay, I'm sick of drawing lands, like, no. th this is like, no, man, think about it. This is like, uh, what's it called, uh, in, in a deck that isn't, like, it's not man intention, so it's two, it's two mana to just put this thing on the ground, right? And but then, it's two mana to put yourself down a card. 
yeah, yeah. But then every time you draw a land, if you're playing like a grindy game against another, like if you're playing like Rug versus Miracles, let's say, like you you have the ability to get back in the game when you're top decking lands. I, I Not just to don't... mention it's good with red and six. It is, but I don't think this is worth a card. It's because red and, card. red and six can just bring back the freaking uh, Forgotten Cave every this turn. Isn't, this isn't worth a card. You know, like if you're if you're concerned about drawing too many lands against a certain deck, uh, the smarter thing is going to be putting in a bigger haymaker rather than something to dilute the flood. Fair. But I think, like, I, I think like, it's worth reviewing because it's an interesting effect, and also I think Phil's right that there's some weirdo combo out there. Also, if you're looking to grind, you know the card that I'm surprised is like hasn't shown up in like the sideboards is a one of of decks like Del- Rug Delver. God Pharaoh Kefnet, or the, okay. the 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 new one, the the oh, zombie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The... Where it's like no matter what happens, you can always tuck it to the third card on those uh, in your deck. Yeah. Yeah. It's well... like. That's a four mana like beater that just like is impervious to removal and like has the redundancy to be like, all right, well it doesn't matter what happens from this point. Like I'm gonna cast this over and over and over again until it wins me the game. Okay, uh, Aria of Flame, two and a red for an enchantment. Uh, what, what's the first note I have under here, by the way? This card sucks, comma Zach. There's no which, comma. Which card? <laughs> when Aria of Flame enters the battlefield, each opponent gains ten life. Oh, this one. And then whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you put a verse counter on it. Then it deals damage equal to the number of verse counters on it to target player or planeswalker. I don't understand why people like this card. I don't know. I, I think that I thought that this was also creatures, uh, which is a giant difference. Because uh, no. I feel like, you know, let's, let's say you're playing against like Maverick or something like that. Like you can start getting their guys. I don't know. I, I it, It's just like in a deck where you're cycling through a lot of cantrips, this doesn't seem like the worst, but the 10, the ten life uh, and not actually hitting creatures is a little tough. Yeah. How my many spells do you have to cast till you're, getting, till you're getting your value back? My problem with this card is that it's a long line of like these stormy cards where it's three mana, it does nothing on its own, and then you need the rest of your deck to do what your deck does in order for it to be relevant at all. Yeah. The only time a card has done, like, one of these, like, red stormy enchantments has ever been good is Pyromancer's Ascension. And that's because it was two mana, and also it facilitated your your storm engine as yeah. opposed to being a payoff. Where storm doesn't need payoffs, it's got the storm payoffs. Yeah, I just, like, other than playing uh, False Cure and um, Kaya, or Kaya's Predator, Kavu Predator, uh, I can't see an application for this. That would be kind of fun to, like... You know, play this and then play Kabu Predator and then attack for twelve. <laughs> like maybe, maybe like thinking of this as a storm card is the wrong way to go about it. Maybe like it should be. Uh, I'm not. I don't think anyone fair is. card because like it, the but verse counters them, stay. But yeah, but I think the the giving them ten life is just way too much to ask because you just then you're prolonging the game, and then you're what what synergizes with prolonging the game in this color? You know. I mean, I think you have to do it. Like you're, you you got to pair this card with something that says your opponents can't gain life. But at that or, point, or a like, false cure or something like that, right? Right, but at that point, yeah. like, you, you, they should already be dead if you already have that kind of stuff going on. It yeah, might, exactly. it might see play in modern. Look at looking at it for that, like as as like a turn two ritual this out and then like just start gaining value out of it in storm. That's the only thing I can see this the, that it, it working after seeing that it was dome not a creatures. Yeah, that's that, I mean exactly. If it could dome creatures, it can't. And I thought it could. I apologize to everyone who's been listening to us for the last 
five minutes. All right. One, two, three, four, <laughs> five, six, seven, eight. We're, only, we're, down, we're under ten. Okay. Okay. Uh, we're going to blow through it. Kaya's Guile. One, white, and blue for an instant. Choose two. Each opponent sacrifices a creature. Exile all cards from each opponent's graveyard. Create a one-one black and white spirit creature token with flying. You gain four life. Entwine three. Choose all if you play the entire co- entwine cost. Zach, I appreciate that yeah. you like this. That you said <laughs> Nate wanted to join R and D because this is this is exactly the kind of card I would like. I would have made it slightly better. You would have <laughs> yeah. you would have had it make two black white spirit tokens. I think it would have made I think it would have made uh, two spirit tokens. And um, each opponent sacrifices like the creature of the greatest power or something, so they can't you know yeah. cheese you. But yeah, I don't think it's there. But it is a it's a cool card for my new Dead Guy L deck with four of those uh, black white lands because now you can gain four life. This is four. one of those cards. Th- this is like one of those cards where I immediately think to myself, I'm like, maybe this is modern playable and just not legacy playable. Yeah, it's just not legacy playable. Three. That's all. Uh, all right, unsettled manner, man, mariner. Jeez, I'm just losing it. I'm trying to write down his notes. Two oh four fifty two. Oh, oops. <laughs> I was like, uh, wow, that last that last couple of seconds went by fast. Yeah. Um. Uh, unsettled mariner, white and blue for a creature shapeshifter with changeling. This card is every creature type. It is a two two. Whenever a permanent you control becomes the target of a spell or ability and opponent controls, counter that spell or ability unless its controller pays one. So uh, the question I had with this is: Is our shapeshifter snow? No, they are not snow. They're not snow. Okay. It's, it's, it's yeah. Snow is not a creature type. It's like a super type. Exactly. Snow is a Sorry. super type. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. This card is, in is like at least a, a, a thing to think about in in a like a a, a Delver style like blue white deck. That can just keep attritioning, or you could play it with uh, Thalia and make it even harder for like your opponents to like get get your guys. Yeah, some people have said like we well, could play this in Death and Taxes and they really can't kill your guys. Yeah. Um, I think that's possible though. I don't know that there's a space for this. I don't think this makes it worth splashing blue any more than like Meddling Mage does. You could put it in humans because it's a human and everything else. But um, I don't know if there's like another tribe that needs this effect that's in these colors. Like Merfolk has just true name, I guess. You could right? play Kiora or uh, Ki- uh, Kira. In, in yeah, Merfolk. but they wouldn't have to play Kira, you know. And then Kira, is, you know, Kira is slightly better, probably. I don't know. It's it's probably gonna see some play. I don't know what exactly. Really. Okay, great, good job, everybody. Yeah, uh, that so, was a fun cast. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I'm I'm excited for the set. You know, like I, I can't, I can't wait to see what comes out of it. I, I think that we're gonna see more, more deck innovation since, uh, since war. But because war was so chock full of stuff, it's just like it's hard to, you know. It's we've hard also to, got, we've also got turn. London Mulligan coming in. So. Yeah, jeez. Um, uh, anyhow, uh, let's, you know, let me take a moment to thank all of our patrons and, uh. Yeah, uh, again, I have a couple of more t-shirts to send out, so uh, thank you, everybody, for being patient on that, and uh, I, I guess that's it for us tonight. Uh, thank you, everyone, for sticking through this far. All right. Have a good week, everyone. Have a good one. Keep it up with the Joneses! Keep it up with the Joneses! Keep it up with the Joneses!
where does he get those wonderful toys? <laughs>